do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode 15 of the switch mania playcast the aces edition aces edition <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous yeah so uh we we delve into mario tennis aces but uh first we'll do some housekeeping real quick um sure. Have we seen much feedback from last week's Troll and I Trash or Treasure episode? I did get one on YouTube. So now we're posting the YouTube audio on JP Switchmania. Yep. And Giorgio Asmer said, Howdy, JP. That intro was so epic, and I am not trolling. So I'll pause right there. <laughs> I absolutely love the intro. <laughs> I actually had to play it a few times just because it was so so majestic. And then all of a sudden it's like, do 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 JP Switchmania. Do, do, do. Wrong. <laughs> it was Switchmania Playcast. <laughs> it was. I'm just so used to JP. Sorry. He's all about the, himself, the, people. See I'm that? selfish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do, 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 do. Switchmania Playcast. There we go. I I played it, like I listened to it, then I played it again for Shanna, then I played it again, then a few more times, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best intro I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then Giorgio said, so kind of you to mention my Twitter name, KyleKin21, at the 35-minute mark, because he had left us some feedback on Troll and I. He says, I feel so cool. Thank you for that, man. I'm loving the episode. As for Troll and I, I might try it when I get a Switch since the price is good. I think if a game interests us, we should definitely give it a chance. This one will go into my collection one day. Keep up the great work, you two, and have a blessed one. Can't wait for episode 15. And here it is, episode 15. And here uh, we are. And then the other feedback. And then there was some other feedback that we got um, after the episode just saying, you know, if a lot of people tend to comment on a game being bad, most chances are it is bad, and that just went into the whole, this game seemed to get a lot of hate, it spread like wildfire to the point where people who hadn't even played the game was already were already dismissing it, and you know, we had said, give it a chance. The game wasn't unplayable by any means, but you know there was still that kind of thought, and then we did get some feedback as to people saying that they were going to give the game a chance. I hope they did, and even you know when we post about this episode, if anyone wants to comment still on Troll and I or any of our past episodes, please feel free to do so. Let us know if you picked up any of the games that we talked about in earlier episodes. Because I'm always curious to see, you know, who listened to it and thought, hey, I'll try Tiny Barbarians. I'll try State of Mind. I'll try Troll and I finally. So that was the feedback that I saw. How about you? Um, Yeah, I saw a lot of polarizing opinions on Troll and I. Um, And the thing is, I mean... They're not wrong. It's not a good game. I mean, it, that's why I gave it a five. A five is an F, uh, but it's not mm-hmm. a like two or a three. It's like right. it's it's okay. Um, and I mean, the thing is, if you're gonna use an old episode, just you know, mention in reference to what game, and we'll be sure to definitely talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the next piece. Um, I would like to definitely put a huge thanks out to Game On Expo and Gamester81, John Lester, for uh, inviting me out, and uh, the panel with Nerdy Nick was amazing. Um, we're going to go into detail and talk some stories later on, um, but I just wanted to sh- uh, shoot out immediately a huge thanks, and I enjoyed uh, talking with everybody and all the listeners that came over to my table. Um, so um, I looked up the Apple podcast and we actually have 10 five-star ratings now 
Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Really awesome. That's actually a pretty big uptick from even from last week, which is super cool. And I know JP was talking with me earlier about something, so go ahead, JP. Sure. So I want to thank everybody. First and foremost, Jeffrey and I want to thank everybody for listening to our show, leaving feedback on Twitter, on YouTube, giving us the ratings on Apple Podcasts, giving us a like on YouTube. And I thought, I think it's time for another Switch Mania Playcast exclusive giveaway. So right now, early on the episode, you're already going to know how to enter. So it's going to be super simple. If you've left a review for us, take a screenshot of it. If you haven't left the five-star review for us yet on Apple Podcasts, do so either right now, pause the episode, or wait till the end. Take, leave us the rating, take a screenshot, and then tag myself, JP Switchmania. You can also tag Hagen Alley uh, as well on Hagen's, Hagen's yeah. Alley on Twitter. <laughs> the, S, the S cut off really quick. I'm sorry. And what can you win? Well, we're going to be giving away a first edition printing of Citus Alpha from PM Studios. It comes with the bonus music CD in a special extra size box. So it's the music CD and the game, brand new for the Nintendo Switch, obviously. And what we're going to do is whoever leaves us the five-star rating, takes a screenshot and tags us, we're going to compile all those people. We'll assign a number, and then we'll do a randomizer. And then on next week's episode, we'll announce who the winner is. So you'll have an entire week to to just leave us a quick feedback. Um, also, if you want to, in addition to giving us the five star rating, if you want to actually leave some you know some text about the episode, what you like, what you don't, what you want to see different, do so as well because we always love feedback. But that is our brand new Switch Mania Playcast giveaway of Citus Alpha. So and what's we'll great for the yeah. listeners is they're gonna get Citus Alpha before me because I actually don't have Citus Alpha yet. <laughs> You're gonna get it before me, people. I don't buy every Aww. game. <laughs> this is classic. actually Jeffrey's copy I was gonna give to him, so oh, think how no, special I, you are now. I get I get nothing for free, people. I just <laughs> love the switch. <laughs> so so I'll repeat all this at the very end just in case you didn't want to pause because you're just so captivated by our episode so you'll have another chance to hear about our details but yeah new giveaway very exciting and it's exclusive to the Switch Mania Playcast so captivated <laughs> we are very energizing and exciting oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> And so, then there's <laughs> so let's jump over to uh, the game of the week. Um, so let's go over Mario Tennis Aces. Oh yeah, let's do it. The classic. So Mario Tennis Aces released for um, the Switch in June twenty second, two thousand eighteen. Uh, published obviously by Nintendo. Developed by Camelot Software Planning. They've done a lot of the different sports titles for the Mario series. Uh, going way back to, like, Game Boy Color and N64 era, which is pretty cool. Um, it's got mm-hmm. a meta score of a 75, which is a um, pretty decent game. It's in the green. Um, the summary is a new Mario Tennis game is bringing a new level of skill and competition to Nintendo Switch. Mario steps onto the court in classy tennis garb for intense rallies against a variety of characters in full-blown tennis battles. New wrinkles in tennis gameplay will challenge your ability to read an opponent's position and stroke to determine which shot will give you the advantage. 
And this time, the game adds the first story mode since Mario Tennis on Game Boy Advance, offering a new flavor of mm -hmm. tennis gameplay with a variety of missions, boss battles, and more. Um, so this game offers a support up to four players, and there is a super laggy awesome uh, online mode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not on the site. That's just my own. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's that's that would be my only, um, you know, my only downpour was that I wasn't able to play with decent internet. So I'm not sure if the lagginess was my side. Um, mm -hmm. But I think this was because this game was free for the past yes. week uh, for Nintendo Switch Online users. And I think this was number one to help stimulate the online community for Mario Tennis Aces since I mm -hmm. saw reviews where it's basically non-existent like about in June. Like in June mm -hmm. I saw some reviews. So I think this will help, you know, this helped get some online stuff. This could be Nintendo's way of just, you know, bringing life back into a game that was released a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Good idea. Um, so how much were we able to play? Go ahead, JP. Sure. So I primarily focus on the story mode, and I put in, I would say, about five to six hours, and I'm still not done with the story mode. So I don't know how far you got, but essentially I am on the boat, and I'm heading towards the volcano island section of the map on looking still for the fourth power stone out of the five. So that's where I got to, because what I was doing is... I would go to every single um, spot on the map that was playable. So I didn't want to skip anything, even though some of them were optional, like they kind of went on a side path. But I still wanted to do every single one. And the one that I'm stuck at right now is I have to rally back and forth 400 times, and I just can't do it. So that's kind of where I got stuck. And how about you? Oh, I'm way behind. Um, so basically... <laughs> I went to Game On Expo, like I mentioned, from Thursday through Monday, um, and I was traveling <laughs> a lot on those days. I was really only able to play um, Thursday and Monday for the, the two days at the convention, and so mm -hmm. I got the second Power Stone, um, mm -hmm. so I, that's all I got was through the second Power Stone. Um, I beat that mirror boss and everything. And yep. there was a rally in that second world I couldn't do, and I had to skip it. I was just trying for, like, an hour or two, and I just couldn't do it. So I stopped, and I moved on. I beat the boss, and then that's where I was. Um, and then I played a few of the other modes, because I didn't want to just play story mode. I wanted to try some of the other features. Right. So there is that, too. So I played a bunch of the other features, too. Did you try the... Um the Joy-Con handheld mode, like using it as a tennis racket? I did not because I was in an airport so, and I didn't want to swing it around the airport. <laughs> so, uh, so so, at lunch, I went into an empty office because I wanted to try it and you know what? It actually played pretty well. The only problem with me is that I didn't have a lot of room in the office so a lot of times when I would swing, I would just be hitting it off court, but I saw that like in my motions anyway so it's not that it was inaccurate but I thought it was pretty cool. It kind of brought me back to the Wii era with um, Wii Sports, or yeah, I think it was Wii Sports that came with the system and playing tennis, and it was it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a nice feature. It was separate 
from the actual game itself, so it was, it was an option on the main menu to play in this kind of mode. But I thought it was fun. It's not something that I would probably want to have played the entire game as. I prefer just, you know, holding the Joy-Con, but as opposed to just swinging it. But I thought it was a nice feature that they added. And, it, you know, it adds a little bit of that, you know, excitement of standing in front of your TV or in front of the Switch if you're doing handheld and feeling like you're part of the action and feeling like you're Mario on the tennis court. So I thought that was that was nice of a feature that they had. Um, and then I had done... Uh, just a few matches online. I didn't notice really any issues, but I primarily focused on the story mode. Like, I really wanted to go through that because I thought, one, the story was interesting, it it was fun gameplay, it was innovative, and I thought it's a very good way to learn all the mechanics of the game and all the styles and the power-ups and whatnot is by playing through the entire story mode. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. And funny story... I was very excited to continue playing today during lunch, and lo and behold, I turn on my Switch, I click on the game icon on the main menu, and it says this is no longer available. And I didn't realize that I think the free trial ended yesterday, and I didn't have the actual cartridge with me. Like, I have the game, um, but I didn't have it with me, so I was just like, oh man, I, I couldn't play it anymore. And that made me really sad. So I just jumped into State of Mind. <laughs> Back to State of Mind. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to beat it. So, it's interesting about the uh, the gimmick of the um, the racket mode. Now, did your Joy-Con <laughs> drift at all throughout this while you played? Because... I'm, I'm trying to think. I think I started having drifting issues again. I couldn't really tell because there were some times where I thought he was kind of moving to the left a little bit. Um... So but I was having I don't, Mario, I, I, like, get stuck in running upward multiple times. Oh, no, I didn't. And I switched, I I switched to different Joy-Cons, and it was still doing it. So, like, even hmm. to the Hori one that I have, too. So I thought it was really weird. Like, I don't know if I just need to... I did a hard reboot, and it didn't, you know... Oh. I'm going to have to figure Was this the out. first game that you saw this with? Yeah. First time. Oh. And yeah, so I don't know what was going on with it but um and it, you know it's three different joy cons i tried that's what i have for left joy cons so hmm. don't know um but i did notice that that's um, very interesting i think it's my switch not the game um so my notes that i took as i was playing because you know i always like to take little bullets as i play um i said love the story mode yep. with tons of different objects um it's not just tennis because uh, you like when you do the mm -hmm. rally stuff and all that, you unlock different rackets, and there's RPG yep. elements. So you level up Mario as you continue yes. to play. You level them up. You level up the rackets. You get everything more powerful. Um, and what they recommend is if you get to a point like I was where I couldn't rally back and forth, they said continue on or go back and level up more and then come back. Um, so, so I do have a comment on that. I don't know if you know this, but. Um, same thing with me. I the very first time you rally, I think was 200, and that was with the like the the ghost level right before you know you're fighting the mirror boss. Uh, there's and one I lost before so that. Oh, there was a shorter one. Okay, so maybe this was the second one in the game. And what happened was I had not been able to do the 200. And I don't know if you know this, but on the retry screen, you know it says retry, go to the world map, and there was a third option that would pop up after like the I think like the fifth or seventh try it said play with like power up to the max like your your power meter was full every single time Whoa. and and it was funny because i started doing the 200 rally and then all of a sudden i noticed that i had like this max power up 
And then I realized that when I was playing with Josh, he, he had pressed it by accident. So I ended up beating that level kind of by cheating, like in-game cheating, you know, the assist mode. But there assisted is... cheater! <laughs> I didn't... You know what? I honestly did not realize until I got to the 400 rally, and then I started losing, and then I saw that third icon our option pop up that had like the you know the max power and i was like oh i'm like that's how i beat that 201 but right now i'm still trying to do it without it i just think i'm gonna have to um use that just to to complete that but two things one is it's optional right because it was kind of a side path so you could skip it but what i really liked about losing is that even when you lose you win because like you said it had the rpg element so every time i lost in the 200 rally I would start gaining experience. And I I honestly gained like quite a number of levels trying to go through the 200 to the point where it helped me later on in the game. Because, you know, when you first start out, each of the the route, each of the matches are, are fairly easy. Like I didn't think they were that challenging, but leveling up really helped later on for me. And I thought it was nice that, you know, it's, even when you lose, you're still gaining experience. So it's still helpful to keep going back and trying over and over again. So I did like that. Yeah, I actually wrote, um, quickly I was out of my league in terms of skill when it came to the game. <laughs> um, and I kept at it, though. And as you said, though, I was leveling up. Um, I never did beat that ghost level, but I also mm -hmm. didn't notice the little power-up-to-the-max thing, so I never mm -hmm. used any kind of assistance. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't really like using assistance on the Nintendo first-party mm -hmm. games, but, I mean... If it's that, or I mean, because all you're gonna get is a is a free um, or a nice new tennis racket. So. Right. Um, I wrote down the boss battles are fun and not extremely difficult. Each boss has a gimmick. Um, yep. So what I mentioned earlier was the mirror boss, which is the last boss that I played. You literally mm -hmm. like are getting shot balls out of the mirrors, and then you like hit it, and then the mirror eats it up. And as as you're playing the mirror loses HP and you have to work on timing so that the mm -hmm. key is if you don't work on your timing and don't learn how to block your rackets are going to break and then that's the main right. thing that's that was killing me early on and then when I learned how to block I was able to deflect shots and slowly make progress because like in the first world you really don't have to worry about it too much but the second world I want to say that the last level I was stuck on was the tr there was like a train and there was all these guys you had to keep like knocking out I don't know if they're shy guys but you had to keep hitting them and mm -hmm. you get to like the third iteration and they were constantly shooting power shots at you oh yeah and I couldn't get past that that but I mean that was literally like I had to get on my flight so I like I didn't like like I, I stopped playing and then that was the last time I was able to play mm -hmm. so so you, kn you didn't get past, right, so you didn't get past that. So the next section um, after the train, you go on to a boat, and it's bad waves and whatnot, and one of the bosses is an octopus. Nice. And same thing, so, so it's shooting the tennis balls or maybe even, I think, cannons out of its tentacles. And what's interesting is that up until that point, I hadn't used a certain move that Mario had, and I didn't realize I needed to use it until that boss because what happened was you'd be... He'd be shooting the like the cannons out. You'd hit them back, but what would happen is every every few turns, one of the tentacles would slam down on the ground and block your path. So you'd either be stuck to the left or the right of him, and the balls would still be shooting to the side where you couldn't get to. And 
it, it took me a little bit. I was like, I don't understand this. I'm like, there's got to be a way that I could get to those. And then I realized that, you know, when you hit, I think it was the right trick or the right analog, you would do your, your um, like your side flip yeah. left or right. So you jump over and I was like, oh, wow, I had not used that move at all in the game up until that point. And then from that moment on, I was like, okay, that's something new that I just learned that. That's why I think playing through the story mode is just very beneficial if you want to learn all the mechanics. Was that, if you're gonna... um, was that only with the right analog or was there a button combination that you could do? There may be. I don't remember a button combination. I just, I just, I just rem- pressed it. Because I just remember when I was playing versus the, 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 the train part, I got mm-hmm. stuck because I kept on trying to lob the ball high and low and I would continually do that move because I mm-hmm. my Joy-Con was doing some weird drift action. So, like, I think when you do some kind of combination, and it might have just been the drift was sitting on the right side, maybe I'm switching out the left Joy-Cons and it's the right Joy-Con. But either way, um, I was having some issues with that when it came to, um, like, I kept flipping when I was trying to do the blocks and everything. And so mm-hmm. that, that's interesting. Um, one technique, though, that I was using. So, so if you have trouble with the blocks and you're almost beating a boss and you need to kill him but you don't want to break your racket because you're not great at the blocks, you can literally let the ball hit you and take the time penalty and it won't yep. damage your racket so you can continue. I did that a few times. <laughs> so there's like ways to just like, you know, like little secret different techniques that, <laughs> that us cheaters use to try to get through. <laughs> Is I the the next one I wrote is I'm not good exclamation point. <laughs> that was my last one. That was my last one in the uh, story. That's a good point to, to note. <laughs> so I I grew up playing tennis like real tennis. So I played from age eight to eighteen. I I had a coach. I played on like extracurricular leagues. I played through high school. I actually was the captain of my varsity team. And I'll be honest, I was not very good, but you know I was. I was on the high school team, so I, I've always enjoyed tennis. I love virtual tennis. I mean, to me, I think that's still one of my favorite games was the very first one for the Dreamcast. Oh, this one, classic. yeah, this one I thought was extremely fun. And I I was one of those people when the game first came out, actually, when they actually had a demo for it. I don't know if you remember this, but they had a short time, like, weekend demo yep. before the game had come out. And I had played it, then I go, oh, I really liked it. The game came out. I played a very little of it. I don't even think I played the story mode at all. I just kind of did like some quick matches. And this was the first time that I played the story mode. And the first thing I thought of as the story started, I was like, I loved Prince of Tennis, the anime, back in the day. This is a perfect anime. Like, I wish all of... Like, just imagine being in a world where all your problems are solved by playing tennis. I mean, that's really what it was. It's like, you almost had to not laugh as like, you know, the evil spirit comes back, they take over the characters, Mario and Toad has to have to go on the adventure, and along the way, they have to overcome obstacles by playing tennis. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was just, that was absolutely like, I loved it. I mean, that just like, to me was just like, yes, this is exactly the kind of RPG-ish story action adventure kind of game that I want to be playing is, is a tennis game. And I really liked it because, you know, it wasn't just straight up tennis. Even if you took out the power-ups, you know, when you're on the ship, you have the mass right in the middle of the of the court. So you have to maneuver the ball around it. And that actually added a whole element to it because the opposing, uh, I'll say bad guy, oppo- opponent would actually 
use power moves where he would hit the side of the mass so it would ricochet off of it. So you think it's going one way, and all of a sudden, boom, it hits it, and it just goes completely the opposite way. Yep. And I liked it. it. It kept the game very fresh. And throughout you know, all of the different levels, so you have the forest, you have the ghost world, you have the ship, and now, and you had the, the snow-capped mountains, and then eventually you're going to come to the, like the lava volcano area that I haven't been to yet. But I like that each one was a little bit different. And like you said, you know, the bosses had gimmicks to them, and I liked it. I mean, I found it to be very fun, and it's interesting because I remember seeing a lot of reviews kind of talking down about the story mode. Oh, no, but, absolutely not. That's a super highlight. It gives it variety. Yeah, well, I thought so, too, but I I read some reviews that people weren't a fan of that. Wow. I I was in the opposite camp. I really enjoyed it, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tennis, right? It's a tennis game for the Switch, which we definitely do not have that many of them, but I like that there's a story mode to it, and it's not just straight-up single-player matches or online, and that's it. I mean, this is... This is just fun Mario Tennis. So um, here's a quick did you know <laughs> um, that yes. this was not the first game, the first tennis game, to offer an RPG mode. There's actually a game called World Court Tennis, released in 1989 for the TurboGrafx-16 that has a, a comprehensive RPG what? story mode. You go through... 8-bit style, oh. and you hit random battles that are fought with tennis. Like... That's awesome. It just takes that to, like, a new level of, like, craziness, because, like, with this one, you have, like, your Mario, like, level layouts, which is super cool, and you go straight. Mm -hmm. This one has rando battles, which gets super <laughs> annoying really quick when you have random world battles. Um... But it's super hilarious how you're how you're playing everything with um with tennis, like it's it's <laughs> super cool, and I I loved that game on the TurboGrafx 16, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Turbo later on when I do my game on review, game on <laughs> review. But my goodness, yeah, World <laughs> World Court Tennis on the TurboGrafx, such a classic. Yeah, I can't believe like that. There's such like a good correlation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to me, mm -hmm. the story mode is what puts this over the top because, I mean, otherwise, you have mm -hmm. everything right now on for, for a normal Mario Tennis game on this already without the story mode. Like, it's everything that's been on every right. other one. And there was one I didn't actually talk about. Um, I played a lot of ring mode. Um I, I did not play that one. I was playing single player, but with everyone. So everybody was working together to get the most points. And essentially, you're mm -hmm. just you're just sitting there playing tennis. And for some reason, like we were playing like hardcore, like trying to kill each other with the special moves and everything. But um, it goes you, <laughs> you shoot through rings, and as you go through rings, it does multiple multipliers and bonus points and everything. You have to get to a certain amount, which I think the first one that I played was like five thousand points. Um, I got mm -hmm. 10,000 points the first the first time. So it wasn't super difficult, but it was it was fun just rallying back and forth with rings. Um, and it's just, there's a bunch of modes like that. ton of different little bonus game modes that are pretty one and done. Uh, but if the game was just made of mm -hmm. those, it would be kind of boring. But the fact that you can go through a whole story mode is like, it's genius, honestly. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. So I, cool. And 
Yeah, and it's actually a fairly good length story. I mean, if you're going through everything, you know, you're hitting all of the the, the battles, all of the, I'll call them side quests, but, you know, like the side missions, there's a, a lot to the game. And it's it's a it's a fun story, right? I mean, there's cutscenes, there's... I, you're right, it has everything, and I overlooked this game when it came out. You know, it came out, I bought it, and I go, okay, like, you know, it's, it's Mario Tennis, but I had other games to play, and I probably would not have gotten to this one anytime soon unless for the playcast episode and the fact that it was free i thought was just great because i really do think i mean that convinced me to to keep playing it right and what's funny is like even if you didn't play even with the playcast we wouldn't have played it unless it was free yeah i i think it was a good move on on nintendo's part i hope more people took advantage of it because i don't know how widely known it was that this was a free game for a while I mean, I really wasn't paying attention, like, online, or I don't even remember seeing an email from Nintendo saying, like, hey, you know, try this game out for the next few days. It wasn't until you had mentioned it that I went to download it, and there it had the description on the eShop about it, like, how long it would be good for. So, I don't know how many people, you know, knew about it, if we hadn't, you know, aside from us talking about it and other people who may have been following, you know, Nintendo's page or whatnot, but I didn't think it was kind of, like, widely known, though. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is, is you mentioned the early access beta, and I played that, and mm-hmm. I played a lot of it. I thought it was fun. I actually played it with my daughter, London, and we enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and then I never bought it. Um, I still don't own it, and so this was my opportunity to play it again, and this time they had the story mm-hmm. book, because the beta was just a little bit of online. That's all it was, um, which was cool. Now mm-hmm. you get to play the story mode a lot, which was super fun, and... Now yep. the trial's up. Um, of course, I'm going to be waiting till hopefully it comes down in price a little physically used or something. I'm okay with that. Unless, mm-hmm. unless there's some comprehensive collector's guide I'm not tracking. Which I don't think there mm-hmm. is a collector's version of this game. There... Oh, no. There's there's only one version of this game. Good. I don't have to spend yeah. a ton. Um, so, so what so listener the... comments Sorry. do we have? Well, even before that, I just have to say I have a... Uh, a bad habit of being on the computer when we talk and it's nothing personal it's just you know switch news never stops but when you mentioned the mario tennis power tour for the game boy advance and with the rpg element i remember that and i was like hmm it's making me want to play this so i'm kind of on ebay right now about to buy it <laughs> so i just have to share with the listeners that uh you know after i finish this story mode Sharing i think i'm going to be jumping back in time that you're always yeah. doing other things on the plot the podcast um I want them to know that I don't stop with the Switch news. I multitask. But let's but let's jump into the listeners. So I every week on my Twitter page, I put a poll out. And I said on this week's episode with Hagen's Alley, Hagen's with an S, oh, we are going to be talking all about Mario Tennis Aces from Nintendo America. But have you played it? If so, comment below on what you think, and we'll read your responses. So we had 172 votes, which is a good turnout. Thank you for everyone who did that. So 3% of people said they are going to play it this week. So those 3%, I hope, will comment when we post this episode and let us know if they did and what they thought about it. 4% of people said that they own the game and have not played it. So again, I hope they opened it up and tried it or maybe just downloaded it and tried the free version. 44% of people said they played it. And 49% of people said they have not played it. So that's a good audience of people that are hopefully experiencing Mario Tennis for the first time this week. 
Um, but let's get right into the comments. So we actually had quite a number of them, which is always appreciative. So the first one is from Landon Wynn. He said, I really enjoyed playing it, and I thought the adventure mode was fun to go through. At Monotone Gent, it's probably my favorite of the Mario Tennis games. The racket breaking keeps games interesting. And I agree with that. One thing I'll say is I was having trouble on the boat beating one of the, the sub-bosses. And the way that I ended up winning was I would charge up my power shot and I got him to break his racket enough times that it, it, it caused the KO because he was just too too good for me. Like his moves were just like on point that I just could not win. So I, I went with the KO method and it worked. And I'm glad that element was in the game. Mm-hmm. So at Petchy Al said, only played through the story mode back when I bought it, but enjoyed that a lot. At Heck580, I like the game mechanics quite a bit. It's inventive and the game controls really well, but the mini games are repetitive and there's not much extra content of the game. Adventure is too short and easy. Swing mode is cool. Ring shot is repetitive. The game's not bad, but lacking. At Tex Jokum said, tried the demo. Definitely not a game for me. At original underscore PMF said, I owned it at launch, was disappointed and traded in within three weeks. Been updated since then and played again thanks to the EU offer. Still disappointed in it, to be honest. At Don Coop, as a freebie, I'm finding the story mode okay, but nothing to write home about. Post that, not sure it would have enough to make me purchase. And at Kalidi3 said, just beat with a day left of the trial. I had fun beating the adventure mode. Yeah, so. Sounds like we have some device, divisive um, listeners. We either have some that liked it, some that didn't. I mean. It makes sense, though, because, like, if you enjoy tennis, you're going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. If you're not a huge tennis fan, I don't think this game is going to change that unless you just enjoy all the crazy power-ups and jumping all over the place and all the different right. crazy moves and things. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, I mean, it really all depends, but... um. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. Um, so what do you think about uh, a recommendation? Sure. So I'll start. So I would recommend this game. Like I said, I am a big tennis fan. It's my number one favorite sport. I've been playing it since I was little. haven't played it in recent years, but I've always appreciated the game. So when there is a tennis game available, I always try them out. And like I said, virtual tennis I love. The top spin games were good. And the Mario Tennis games have always been fun since, I believe, N64, right? I mean, you know what? Let's jump back even further. Just Game Boy. Remember Tennis? Ma Mario was in that game. And I think he was the referee. I don't think he was actually a player. But he was in that game on the old school Game Boy. So I've been enjoying tennis games for a long time. This one, to me, I absolutely love. I love the story mode. I love going through it. I find it very fun to, to fight your battles through tennis matches to me that's just like a dream come true so it hit home with me i love that they added a lot of content the dlc characters um i i loved it overall i mean i i would honestly recommend this game the price point may turn off people a little bit right because it's a first party game so it tends to be at that high range price but i have seen it go on sale i, I think i've seen it as low as 44.99 at target in the past i've seen it go for 50 at best buy i and I would imagine that come holiday season, we'll see price drops on these ones, or at least, you know, Black Friday deals or something, if you want to wait that long. But me, I absolutely recommend this game. I think it's fun. 
I think it has a lot of replayability, and if you have the online membership, you know, you can keep the game going by playing online and ranking yourself and just, you know, challenging other people. So if I had to give a score, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Um, for me, uh, since the trial is now over and I don't own the game, I'm probably going to hold off uh, just waiting for it to probably go on sale. I'm I'm not looking for a super, super cheap version, but, like, if I could get, like, my daughter into wanting to play it or something, that'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. Considering that I was away from home the entire time, I didn't get a chance to, to see if she would dig it or not uh, before the trial ended. However, um, I enjoyed my time with it. Definitely need to play a lot more before I'm ready to, to continue on with the story mode because, yeah, I got my butt whooped. Um, definitely not good enough. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the online will probably quickly go back into obscurity where it's going to be tough to do matches uh, now that the online is is over because obviously there was a lot of people online this week because of the because of the trial. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Nintendo in the future could do some kind of, you know, like they're doing the Splatoon events all the time. Maybe they can start doing some Mario Tennis events to get more people on there. That would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that would actually, if they were going to do an event or something, I might actually buy the game and just so I can participate in some of that and get slaughtered. I mean, <laughs> what's going to happen is not going to do well. But I, I really think the RPG mode is, is awesome. Um, I'm with you that the Game Boy Advance version, probably a good idea to, to pick that up too if you're enjoying the RPG stuff. And then, of course, the Turbo game is just classic too. Um, honestly, like I love Super Tennis. I called it Super F and Tennis back in the day. And mm-hmm. somebody wrote F on my cartridge. <laughs> like, like, it was just... It One was of a kind. Just a classic. Um, and I played a lot of Mario Tennis on the 64 um, there's a lot of gimmickry, uh, with all the different power-ups, but I think that helps kind of give it its own unique, like, aspect to it. It's, it's identity. And I really think it's a fun game. Um, I would agree with you that it's a, it's a top tier. Um, you know, the meta, meta scores and user scores are about a seven. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Honestly, it got an award for like one of the most discussed Switch games of 2018, like number six. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty big, um, pretty big game, and definitely cool. I'll be waiting for it to go on sale, and I'm okay getting it used, absolutely, because I'm a, you know, I'm a gamer on a budget as always. Um, but now that we're over it with the the Playcast for a while, I'm gonna hold off because we got lots of other bigger fish to fry. I would say that that is a game that you can easily find used, whether now or later, even on the Facebook group. I'm sure people are trading this one in, but it's just one of those games that you will see in stores. Um, and hopefully the price will drop at some point, you know, that that'll be enticing for you to pick up and maybe we'll we'll talk about it again in the future. Exactly. Um, so for the next game, since we just went with the online one, I think it's my turn. And it is your turn. I'm excited. I do have a game. Um, I'm going to go with what you did to me, which gave me no choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go back to the choices next time. Um, but actually, okay, fair enough. I'm going to jump into the latest game that I paid full price for, $60. 
Um, I need to play it to justify oh my to my wife that it was worth buying. Um, so we're going to be playing Uh-oh. God Eater 3. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. <laughs> what did you think uh, we were going with? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to go with an older title. But I know that you had mentioned God Eater 3 on a previous episode. So I knew that was on your radar as one that you wanted to dive into. Oh, and yeah. lo and behold, I own it too. So I'm happy to bust it open and start playing this. Oh, you open you own it, huh? Oh, you, you own it. Every game. I, I, you know, it's, it's one of the few games I own for the Switch. I don't have that many. Oh, okay, cool. So you actually got this one. Great. <laughs> I, you know what I did? Yes, yes. It worked out very well. <laughs> but yeah, like when I pay $60 for a game, like my wife gives mm-hmm. me crap. So I definitely need to justify getting it. And this, this week, dedicating some time to God Eater 3 will be great. I'm probably going to also try to watch the anime as well since I, I've not seen the anime. So... That'll be important. That I probably won't have time to do, and but you will let us know how well it, you know, it, it not relates, but how well it enhanced your your yeah. game experience. It might be just an episode because anime episodes yeah. are like twenty minutes. I can always knock out one of those quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so everybody join us for God Eater Three down the Switch third party rabbit hole. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, so now it's time to move over to the pickups section. Yay! My oh, favorite yeah. section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, every section is my favorite. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. <laughs> so I only have a couple games that I got in. Um, actually, I had two, uh, plus some extra bonus stuff. Um, nice. So, so, and of course, I got other non Switch things at the gaming convention that I posted. Yes. Um, but I got the Guacamole One Two Punch that you got last week. I got nice. it in the mail the next morning. <laughs> oh, good! <laughs> <laughs> so like, I was like, "Oh, look at that!" <laughs> of course, it had all the goodies in it and everything, which is amazing. Um, in all honesty, though, I've been meaning to play Guacamole One and Two. And mm-hmm. one thing I didn't mention last week because I knew I was getting it in, and we get to talk about it this week is my buddy Ryan Hernandez, part of Mariachi Entertainment System, did some of the music for the game for Guacamelee 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, like, they recorded the music for it, and I, like, I've heard it, and it's amazing. I've actually used their music in some of my Kickstarter trailers in the past, which is super fun. Um, nice. Yeah, they do Mariachi um, video game covers, but now they're in a video game. It's, like, super meta. <laughs> so I definitely want to I've not played Guacamelee 1 or 2 I've owned Guacamelee 1 on multiple different consoles um, mm-hmm. I still haven't played it <laughs> like it's one of those backlog things that everyone's like you love Metroidvanias and professional wrestling and luchador stuff and you know Mexican culture like this is the, well, the game for you so I definitely would like to play that in the future um, but it goes to the backlog Um and I will, I will say that if anyone's interested in how the games play, we did a review for both titles on jpswitchmania.com. So check those out. How many reviews Spoiler. do you have now? Oh, we just plus. posted our four hundred. I think our four hundred and eighth review we posted today. And spoiler alert: we have a backlog of reviews that we're putting out daily. So we. I would say at this point we have already close to 425, 430 ready to go, but we just don't want to pump them out all in one day, so we like to spread them out. Uh, but yeah, we we just I, it's it's crazy. It's been just under a year since the site opened up, and we've surpassed our 400th review, which was Enter the Gungeon, and it's just been 
phenomenal. So thank you to my entire team. If you're listening, which I hope you are, thank you for all your hard work. Thank you for everyone who's reading the reviews and the publishers and developers supporting us and allowing us the opportunity to to play their games and share what we thought with everybody. But yeah, the Guacamole games, excellent titles. Don't, don't let JP kid you. All I did was talk positive about you guys at Midwest Gaming Classic. <laughs> 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 That's all he did was talk you guys, guys up. It was awesome. Do I really say anything bad? No. I said talk good. <laughs> Does JP ever say anything bad? I could barely get him to say something bad about Troll and I. Come on now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so um, it's definitely interesting, you know, having tons of reviews out there. And Guacamelee mm-hmm. is a great one. Um, The other game that I got was I finally yes. got Death Road Canada from PlayStation. Yes. Um. I don't like that they included the little mini Switch box keychain. What? It makes me want them for every game. Yes, but they're not out for every game. <laughs> it makes me want them for every game, damn it. Because yeah, I'm OCD. You, have, you seen the, have you seen the ones from Japan? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They had two waves of those. And apparently, so sorry to hijack your, uh, your what came in, but I learned something recently is that, you know, they sold these separately on Amazon Japan, right? So they had Mario, Zelda, Splatoon, some other games. But then what I noticed is with the Dragon Ball Z games, they put them out. And they didn't sell them separately. You actually had to buy the Japanese version of like Xenoverse 2, and I even think Dragon Ball Fighters, and you would get the keychain. And the keychain wasn't available separately. And I've been debating back and forth whether I really need to own the Japanese version of the games just to get the keychains. But those keychains are so cool. I know. I hate that they included it because it makes me want more. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like, and I love the. I mean, have you taken it out? Did you look at it? Oh, it's amazing. Like, yeah, I haven't opened it yet, but like the, the actual game yet. But like, it's so cool, and I hate that it they is. included it for free because it makes me want them all now. And, and I love the fact that they actually put their numbering on the spine, like they made it as authentic to the actual case of the game as possible. And I love that you know it fits a little game. I don't know if I'd ever really travel with a game in it. And, you know, keep it, like, on a key ring or anything. But I just love the novelty of it, and I love the little details to it. I think it's a great pre-order bonus, and, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad PlayAsia did it. You may not be, but I am. I'm very sarcastic, JP. <laughs> um, oh, I know. Anyways, oh, I, know. I think there would be a cool way to display those, though, would be, like, to hang a string in the game room or something where you could, like, yes. clip them all on. Um, mm-hmm. Or even just clip them on, like, a, a fan or, you know what I mean? Like, there's a ways, because I've, I've done some... Cr- unique things with like even my convention badges and those are pretty big mm-hmm. these are small like you could hang them somehow and have some really cool like little switch swag display i think that'd be an do, idea do, do you know what i i just picture now switch collector little keychain i mean if you if somebody out I there knows so how to make cool. those <laughs> we can we can do it but i we gotta figure out well, i know of a i know of a company that knows how to make them play asia somehow got these made yeah they might Maybe we can talk to them Hey, if Playasia wants to do a partnership for the Switch Collector, I'm I'm down. We'll do giveaways for those. Only available to... giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk to them because I, I think that'd be awesome to have a little Switch Collector keychain that looks like the cover and then it holds a Switch game inside. And not to get too far ahead, but like there's gonna be a lot of cool items with the Switch Collector that like we're gonna literally do as like giveaways or to like 
the first mm-hmm. few people that get the everything tier. Like, there's some craziness. So well, we're gonna talk about it later in the episode. I don't want to get too far that's ahead. Fine. That's, but, yeah, but that's like, fine. That's fine. But like, there's gonna be some really cool stuff. Like, the more JP and I start revealing and working on stuff, the more excited we're both getting, which is bad because yeah, we gotta, we gotta get to writing more. <laughs> like, like both of us need to get to writing more. And I'm like, oh, but it's so cool developing cool stuff. I- I, I literally was talking to my dad about this right before we started recording, and I must have talked his ear off for about 20 minutes just about the book and what the whole campaign is going to be about and what we're planning. And, you know, just like with the show, I don't think I stopped talking like I didn't stop to breathe for one minute the whole time. I'm just like, I can't stop smiling when I think about like this project. I'm just so excited for it. But that's all I'm going to say. We're going to talk about it later. So let's keep going with oh, yes. what we got in. Like, um, like after every convention, I, I like, it's crazy. And I'll, we'll talk about that later, too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, the last piece that I got in was, um, I got in some Sydney Hunter swag. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so they, I mean, Collective Vision Games was at Game On, and they were demoing their, their game, which they say is going to launch in September on the eShop. So mm-hmm. I told I told them I would definitely give them a plug once it goes live. We'll definitely talk about it because if it does well, they're going to release it physically. It has to do well digitally. And they said that they're going to work a deal so they put up some money so they maintain ownership of the game somehow. Like like so whoever they publish it with. Um, interestingly, uh, right across the aisle from them was limited run games so we'll see um because they were talking with them and fx unit yuki uh this weekend so and oh, they, oh, and, and me great. and me um hint hint about some stuff but, um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I got some so stuff. i would i would say now if if we can break the rules i say that once the sydney hunter releases let's you know you mentioned plug but let's make it a an the game of the week because i want to play it me too and i think that'd be a perfect time once it comes out and maybe we can have them on also oh yeah they're they'll de- we'll definitely get like at least ben the programmer on or something awesome. um or jf or somebody <laughs> but um i mean at worst case scenario we'll have game straight one come on john come on have yeah fun Absolutely. Um, and but- you know i follow collector vision on facebook and so many times people have been asking like oh is there a physical for a switch and you're right they say the same thing let it do well digitally, and we're absolutely looking into physically. And, and that's how games go, right? I mean, they, it yeah. needs to do well for it to justify a physical. And Sydney Hunter, you know, I have it on the SNES, and you mentioned that it's going to be different in ways on the Switch version. Oh, it's but a brand new game. I, I, yeah. Brand new so I like the SNES, and, I, and I'm excited for it on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, they've literally put this game out on almost every retro every, console now. Yeah. Like, they have a ColecoVision, Intellivision, Sega Master System, Super Nintendo. I got an NES promo box, because the NES version is mm-hmm. almost done. Um, they put it out on, like, almost everything. And um, the Super Nintendo one, of course, was the one that they first put it out on. Well, they programmed mm-hmm. a brand new game. I mean, they had uh, DJ Medina Sarumaru come in and do, like art on the boss the final boss and stuff like they like this is a brand new like modernized version of it and so it's kind of like taking um an old school game and then making a switch version a a new version like blaster master to blaster master zero that's what they're doing so it's gonna be pretty amazing um so am i wrong that i saw a picture of them 
trying it on the Switch with an NES controller. Uh, yeah, they were, they were definitely trying it with an NES controller. And I think I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know it uses more buttons than a traditional NES, but um, mm-hmm. but it is going to be, as far as I'm tracking, the first game to use the NES controller that's not one of the online games. Like, they're programming it for oh. the NES Switch controller that Nintendo put out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Something we're definitely okay, that going to even try. more awesome. <laughs> we're definitely going to try that because I de- I want to play oh, like yeah. that. Um, so I mean, people can let me know if I'm incorrect or if they decide not to do that. But um, I I was ninety percent ninety nine percent sure that they were doing that, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the swag that I got though was they released a Switch um, promo, double sided promo that has two different box art on it, mm-hmm. and I got a. And I got a pile of them, so I will be bringing them with me to Retro World Expo. Um, that way, JP gets one, um, as well as anybody who comes and visits oh, us. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, they had I was holding my breath for a minute. Yeah, they gave they gave me a um, a pile of them, and they said, "Here you go." So I'll I'll definitely be uh, definitely be having those and giving those out at Retro World Expo next month. That's awesome. Yeah, but it's it's pretty cool. It's a Switch box and everything. Like, surprised you didn't comment on my picture because it looks like a Switch case. <laughs> yeah, I I may have missed this. Was this on Twitter or Facebook that you posted? All of or the both? things. Was, all of the things. Eh? Instagram all the way from Twitter down, and yeah, it's like. Also, oh, there it is! Yeah, wow. it's, it's double sided. <laughs> yep, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool, and b- both sides look cool too. That's the other thing: the artwork that they have done is is amazing. And you know, you you think they would continue to go with the Joe Simcoe Garbage Pail Kids art that they initially did, but they have other talented artists that are doing covers. That's Super awesome! Amazing. And I and I see you bought the NES version of the game. Um, Curse of the Mayan. So that was the promo box that came with a cartridge, but no game in the cartridge yet. It was just like a a promotion. Oh, okay. Box. But it's a full nice. NES box and everything. So. Oh yeah, it looks um, nice. Yeah. So I don't know if um, because I mean I backed the NES version, so hopefully mm-hmm. the art is. I think they were doing acclaim art or something like they're doing retro style. I think it might have been Ultra Box, but mm-hmm. um, it'll be cool to um. To finally get to play it on the NES. Initially, they were going with a programmer called Savak who did Battle Kid Fortress Apparel. And what's funny is the Sydney Hunter moved as fast as Battle Kid, which was like super fast comparatively to the actual Sydney Hunter games. And then mm-hmm. when they did the game on Retro World Championships on a cartridge a few years back, Sydney Hunter was on it and it was like super slow. Um, it's slower than the Super Nintendo one. So it'll be interesting to see since they've been working on it for like years now. Um, work mm-hmm. comes from there but um that's super cool because i love like brand new nintendo games too um but the switch version is amazing i've played it multiple times and it's every time i play it it blows me away can't wait uh, to check it out and it sounds like uh-huh. that's going to be a september september game for us and that's very soon so what did jp get nothing no i'm just kidding i got, got nothing so no. <laughs> I got I I got enough that I could break them in by region this week, so I'll start with my one U.S. release. So I got a my last of the Fosicle games, which is Super Putty Squad. It came out. I will say this though, um, this game actually released. I want to say 2018, 
physically with a cartridge in the UK. Yep. So I did own this game physically, and then in the US we got a digital code in a box. So you have a that was my to one US release. Sickness. Nah. Well, it's in, in, in all in all honesty, though, that's going to be like we talked about last week. It's going to be a de- divisive stance that collectors are going to have, whether they count. The foxicles. I'm gonna call it foxicles just because I'm different. Um, the fo- whether they whether they count the digital code only games or not, because it's basically a collection is what you make of it. But these are retail releases in the U.S. So mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's just a box. There's no game in it, so from preservation, it sucks. But mm-hmm. from a collector standpoint or completionist standpoint, it's on the shelf. So it's hard to justify not saying no, it's not part of it. However, I think in book purposes, it should be in its own little section because it's a subset. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay, so let's move into the EU region. So the first one I got was Red Art Games' second release, which is Stay by Abnormal's team. So it came in. And it actually has exclusive DLC content that was not available anywhere else except for this physical release. And also what's really cool is as a little bonus item, it came with a pin as well. And I like that. So I got that in. The next game I got... What kind of game is Stay? So it's an interesting game. Um, I haven't played it. We did review it for the site, so our review is there. But essentially, you are talking to a person through a computer. And you have to maintain a relationship with them and kind of keep them calm and help solve puzzles and if i recall correctly going away from the game like actually physically leaving the game and then coming back later will affect it because he'll know like in how long you've been away from the computer so you know knowing when to play the game when to walk away like actually like you know as as you the real person walk away from from your switch and then come back so it adds that element and overall I would say it's a 7 out of 10. I have to check what we gave it, but it's a it's a fairly good game. Um, some challenging puzzles, but overall I really like the the concept behind it. I just had to ask because like I knew it was like an interesting like weird game that I don't know if I would quite dig, but like I know it's gotten some decent reviews and my, some listeners might enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, and it may be one that we play on a future episode. Maybe. Okay, so the next game I got was Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet Complete Edition. And this is an EU physical. And actually, I think also in Japan, it got out physically. And in the U.S., it's digital only, unfortunately, just like the previous Sword Art Online uh, game that came out. And this one comes with the main game, plus all the DLC, plus the Dissonance of the Nexus game expansion, all on the cartridge. So there was no codes in the box. It's all on the cart. And what's really cool is I pre-ordered this from shop for megastore and they had a pre-order bonus of three four by six art cards so i got three art cards with it so interestingly is the sword art games have always been something that's intrigued me because the anime itself is basically an mmo where the the main yes. protagonist like it's sucked into the world and none of those games have really been an mmo yet they've always been more of like an action-based rpg style deal and well, yeah. which, are, which are super cool and definitely up my alley, pun intended. But um, like definitely cool. But you know they haven't quite taken what the actual show is based on, which is interesting. 
Yeah, so this one is a third-person shooter action role-playing game. Yeah. So that's the, the style. I'm trying to think what the other... It was Sword Art Online, um, Hollow Realization. So that was the the first one that came out for the Switch. And, and that one, I'm trying to see what kind of style... That one actually, I think, is more along the lines of um, of of the C series, like follows a little more traditionally. It actually reminds me, if you remember the dot hack series. Oh yeah. That came out for the PS2. I mean, that was like an MMO offline, right? Because you'd go into a, a fake chat room, you'd check your emails, you'd put in the codes on, on how to get to certain levels. So it played like an MMO, except it was completely offline, like with fake, M, you know, NPC characters, fake online characters and I, I like that concept i think it's pretty cool so it's good that sword art is kind of picking that up in the next generation of of consoles and from the dot hack although with dot hack back in the day too and i will say i would absolutely love to see what they did with the the dot hack or the dot hack gu series where they um put it all out on ps4 i would love to see that come to the switch I mean, I haven't heard of anything, but, you know, putting those three games or even putting the first four dot .hack games together in one release, I think would just be great on the Switch. So I'm crossing my fingers that one day we may see it. You never know. Um, okay. So let's keep going. So the next game I got, the last one from uh, the UK, was Ultra Wings Flat. So this is a truly the, the ultimate hobbyist aircraft game for the Nintendo Switch. Complete a variety of challenges across across this beautifully stylized open world including shooting balloons, performing spot landings, competing in thrilling air races and more. Unlock new airports and new aircrafts as you progress. And it looks cool. I actually meant to play this at lunch today. I just did not have time. Is it not a but, play you know, on the, the back of pilot it, wings? I mean, honestly, like it yes, sounds I like, think it's I, like a They absolutely called a it Ultra Wings successor. just to play on the name so that us nostalgic gamers would would check it out. The question will be when you actually check it out is like is it actually does it have the shine and the polish of a pilot wings or is it just like a uh, a quick cash grab right we'll find out yeah all right so let's move to asia and japan so i got a game a second time because apparently an english cover got released and as far as as I, I could, could tell, I could only find it on, on eBay. But it's Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon Everybody from Square Enix. I bought this when it came out in Asia because it supported English. And it had Japanese characters on it, Japanese text. And then out of nowhere last week, a English cover appeared. And it was through a store in New York. And they were selling it. And I bought from them before, so I knew they would be good and quick. But, but there's now an, Engl- an official English cover to this game. So I kind of had to buy it, and I did. Does the English cover support English? Because sometimes the Asian release supports English, and then the Japanese one does not. So I w- right. it'd be interesting to know if like the English cover doesn't. That'd be kind of ironic and funny. <laughs> if the English cover doesn't support English, <laughs> oh no, it does. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures, and there's English text. Good, good, because I was like, like it'd be kind screen. of. It'd be yeah. kind of ironic if it like the, the person with English on the cover didn't support English. Oh yeah, and I will say an interesting tidbit is that you can play co-op, so you can play alone or with a friend in this game. Co-op play is limited to dungeons where two players can play using two Joy Cons. Weird. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds fun though. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then I got Olympics 2020. Tokyo, the official video game, and this is by Sega, and they actually have a demo on the Japanese eShop where you could play a few of the different events, 
And I will have to say, I played the tennis one, and it is the closest thing to virtual tennis. I mean, it's by Sega, who did virtual tennis, and it actually played a little similar. I wouldn't say it was as fast as I remember, but it played arcade stylish, and it's only one of like, I would say like, what is it, 16 different events? I see like, so it's all in Japanese on the back, but I see one that says BMX. So I'm very, very curious now to see what's in there. And looking at the pictures, there's boxing. There seems to be baseball, hur- like the race hurdles. The um, I don't know what the sport is called where you're kind of swinging a ball on a chain, like in a circle, and then you throw it. Hammer throw. Yep, so they have that. They have tennis. And I will say for anyone who hasn't bought this yet, um, two things. One, this game does support English. So if you imported it, it plays in English. But I learned after this came in that we are actually getting a U.S. release in 2020. So if you go to the website for this game, and I think if you just type in Tokyo 2020 official video game, you'll find the Sega website. It shows that a U.S. release is coming. I couldn't tell if we're getting a physical. It sounds like we are. But if you hold off until next year, there's a good chance you could buy the English version and not double dip like I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the last game is the same one you got. So I got Death Road to Canada. I bought the collector's edition from East Asia Soft. And I also got that really cool little mini keychain. And for those who don't know, the collector edition comes with the game, comes with an original soundtrack, CDs, a numbered certificate, and an illustrated manual in a nice box. And this is their seventh release. Yep. Uh, but, but I got this one in. And for anyone who I have six what, releases because I still have not gotten Panty Party. Well, did you did you buy Onakin and Odalis collection? Yeah, I I got a shipping announcement. Yes. Yep. It finally. They were waiting for all the DLC content because they wanted to include it all on the cart, which is very thankful of them. Um, so that's why it was delayed a bit. But I believe everyone should have gotten their shipping notification now. So that'll be a game that we'll probably be mentioning that we got in the next week or two. And, and by the way, Death Road Canada looks like complete absolute mayhem. Like it looks like an overhead yes. Robotron shooter where you play as crazy characters like knights and horses and girls with pink hair. Uh-huh. And you just kill everything like it looks awesome. I mean, that's I I am like very selective with the games that I'm going to back and it just looks ridiculous. Like I it's right up right up the uh right up the gameplay that I love. And I did hear feedback on the Facebook group of people who got in and asking, is it worth it? And people are, like, addicted to this game. Yeah. Like, so that's right. a good sign. That's a might good sign a, of a fun game. Might be a future play, because we haven't done a Play Asia uh, Limited yet. We have not. I think at some point we're going to be having, like, daily Switch Mania Playcast just to play all these games. Oh, we're never going to get through it so, all. <laughs> we're only hitting so many 50 that games, 52 games a week if we, do one, if we don't skip any weeks. That's definitely... Mm-hmm. That's like less than what was released the first year. <laughs> like we're not going to be close, man. No, I know. But as we go through the episode, we keep going like, ah, maybe this will be one. Maybe this will be one. And we have a backlog of future games. Well, you know what's going to happen is is like listeners definitely ping us with what you want us to play and we will we will take that heavily into consideration as the weeks come out because if we get yes, a lot absolutely. of requests for like Death Road Canada, we're going to we're going to play it. <laughs> like Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, super, super cool. So that was your last one. That was my last one. That's come in. I'm a little sad. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have a million more. Um, I mean, Friday Thirteenth is coming. Like, I haven't gotten that yet. Oh, did 
Did I not mention that last week? Did I get it afterwards? Okay, I'm sorry. So I got Friday the 13th, the game in. <laughs> okay, there was one more. The reason I don't have it with me is because um, they were kind enough to send us a review copy. So I gave it to my reviewer to review it, which he did. That was our number, our 401st review on the site. And it's a great game. It has its flaws, but overall, it's an excellent game. Definitely worth playing on the Switch. Um, but yeah, that's another one that I got in, and sadly, I didn't have it in front of me, so I, I forgot until just now. I was actually a Kickstarter backer for them, and I got the Xbox One version with slipcase, and I got the exclusive Kane Hodder created skin, which is like a fiery Jason. Which was nice. Cool. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not sure so if they for- included him with the, uh, with the Switch version or not. So I will say that I, I haven't checked that one, but what they did say on the case itself is that all of the like retail release DLC content was included mm-hmm. because I think one of the questions was whether the Kickstarter ones were. I don't think they were. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, somebody let me know. But I, I don't think the Kickstarter uh, skins were included. The other thing that's really cool is that for the Nintendo Switch release, it does come with a mini poster inside the case, yeah. and it's exclusive to the Switch version. So it'll be interesting to see, too, because little... <laughs> there was a stretch goal on the Kickstarter, which died. Um, they never released a single-player mode. They were supposed to, and that was part of their stretch goals, and I don't think they ever got to it because I think the original owner of the license of Friday the 13th changed their mind or something happened, and they weren't allowed mm-hmm. to continue with it. And so um, there was some... There is a single-player motion now. Yeah, so maybe they finished it for the Switch version. That's what I was thinking because... Yeah, so... so- yeah, so I'm sorry, not to interrupt. So in the Switch version, there is an offline Poland. I <laughs> well, listen. There's so much information we got to give, and I would I'm raising my hand, but you just can't see it. So I'm I gotta jump in. But yes, there is a, a single player campaign. Um, so I'm just gonna really read super quick from our uh, from our review, so people know because maybe you know I think a lot of people thought it was only gonna be online. So super quick. And you can read the whole review on jpswitchmania.com. When the game originally released a few years ago, Friday the 13th, the game was multiplayer only. While the game was really created to work best that way, and really it does, there was some outcry over the lack of single-player options. The devs went to work fixing that and came up with two and a half solutions. The first is a bot mode, where you always play as Jason against up to seven bot counselors, which is pretty fun and a good way to grind out some levels if you don't want to look like a noob online. They also introduced a challenge mode, which players which plays out like a creepier Assassin's Creed's mission. There are teenagers who aren't dead, and you have to make them dead without alerting anyone before you finish. Even if you alert them, you still have a chance to catch them before they get away, but it's easier if you're sneaky. There are optional objectives for you to reach that will reward you with customization points if you complete them, but challenge mode doesn't reward you with any experience points. Both modes are a lot of fun, if only because you can take the game at your own pace instead of having to deal with other players and their agendas. So, okay, um... So those are the two full ideas for a single-player mode, but the half idea I mentioned is probably the coolest one. The game's virtual cabin is a really cool idea. It's like a museum for the creation of the game and history of the movies. You walk into the cabin, and you can interact with various virtual props from the game, which will reveal a short text block containing either a snippet of history about the franchise or a fun anecdote from either the creation of the games or movies. It truly proves that this game was made by fans, for fans, and that goes a long way in my book. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest horror fan, but I always admire the accomplishments Ooh. of a truly determined fan base. And 
just one little tidbit that I didn't know about. And I, I mentioned it when I posted the review and somebody corrected me and then I corrected them. But they said, fun fact for movie buffs, the sound is ki-ki-ki, ma-ma-ma, not the ch-ch-ch-ah-ah-ah I hear most people using. Yeah, Learn that in the virtual cabin. Exactly, yep. Yeah, that's so, classic. So so it really, they didn't add a, because it was supposed to be like a story right. mode, but right, at, right. Least they added, story. at least they added single player to it, which is cool. Yeah, so we gave this an 8.5 out of 10, and I just want to thank Jay Bush Words, John B., our reviewer, for the excellent review on this. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, I was excited to read it because, you know, I gave the game to him, so I didn't even get to play it yet, and it made me just wish that he could just bring it back already so I could try it out. <laughs> and definitely should thank the um, getting the review copy. From- oh, yes. I would I would absolutely like to thank Wanakot Communications for providing us with the review copy. Thanks to Black Tower Studios, Ilphonic, and Gun Media for making the game and publishing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to all of them for bringing Friday the 13th to the Switch. Exactly. Now we got it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So shall we jump into news? Yes, let's do that. So the first one that I wanted to mention is an interesting one, and it's kind of where I see gaming going, just like we saw with the Wii, Xbox did a patent for something called the Xbox Cloud, um, and it's some weird interesting news that's comparing it to the switch it's essentially controller that connects Mm -hmm. or clips on a screen um and basically it can it's like probably going to be able to stream games or something um everybody's assuming it's going to click a clip onto a phone but Mm -hmm. basically somebody did like some fancy renders it wasn't even xbox xbox did the general patent pictures and the renders added little clips to it and everything. But basically, it's two controllers that attach to a screen, a.k.a. the Switch. And Microsoft and Sony, like two generations ago, created the, the PlayStation Move. And then Xbox, Xbox created the whole camera and the Kinect, so just to, which was based off the Wii's um, momentum that it had. So, you know, they mm-hmm. can't obviously just completely copy nintendo with their patents but they patented a different thing um so it'll be interesting to see if it's just literally controllers for a phone it's going to be kind of janky but Mm -hmm. the xbox cloud is literally microsoft streaming their games to screens with internet so essentially you'd be pulling the game data on a server remotely which then streams the content in near real time to any device so essentially, you could be playing your phone with the latest Xbox game live. Um, hmm. Yeah, so having those controllers. Yeah, it would be super interesting. I'm not sure what the size of the the controllers would be because, you know, cell phones are all in different sizes and shapes. So that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. gimmick where if they're going to just do a phone thing, it may not be a... You know the same experience for everyone, which you know the Switch is experience. What do you think when people compare that to the Switch, though? Yeah, I yeah, it, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about you know how it's gonna work, what it's gonna do, what it's gonna be like when it comes out. But yeah, the first thing I thought, and I think everyone saw it, is like, huh, this looks like a Switch. <laughs> well, to me, it's them trying to get their unique way into the Switch community without understanding what the switch is doing because 
To me, the Switch is its own console that has its own architecture, its own style. So when you get a game that's ported like Doom, the creators will port it so it runs efficiently on the tech. So mm-hmm. you got a unique experience, and then you got all these, and you got the Nintendo aspect, the Nintendo factor, on top of mm-hmm. that, plus the Nintendo nostalgia, which means that game developers want to release games on their system. Um, it was ironic, mm-hmm. I was playing Toe Jam and Earl with my wife like a few weeks ago, and she mentioned, man, I'd really love a Bubble Bobble. And what was announced today? <laughs> bubble Bobble 4 player. Bubble Bobble 4 friends. Yeah, Bubble Bobble 4 friends. Ex- exclusively for the switch so i just said i just tagged my wife on it on facebook i'm like look (laughs) you talked about it and it's like they always listen to us on our damn phone Uh you mentioned like pizza and then all of a sudden there's pizza ads on your phone you mentioned bubble bobble and all of a sudden bubble bobble 4 gets announced for the switch like they're listening listening (laughs) to us but yeah so like honestly like the xbox cloud i i don't think they get it um because there's not gonna be unique there's not gonna be unique games for it it's going to be the moving into the future where there's only streaming and cloud and you don't own your content. And, like, to me, that's janky. Um, we'll see if it's cheap. It'd probably be worth just picking up. But, like, you know what I mean? They're just controller clips. So, but it, it definitely made it look like a Switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, the next one, definitely JP knows about it. Um, what do you think about the $75 upgrade from GameStop taking your old Switch? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm tempted. I, mean, I am very tempted yeah, because I'm I, like, man, I know the benefits. I can mm-hmm. take it. Would they take my Switch that's all gangly and janky from my daughter slobbering on it playing Minecraft and my modified... Does it work? Does it turn on? It turns on, it, but I did switch out the back piece because the back piece had like chips in it uh, plastic, but I, I switched it out to a clear one which is super hardcore and awesome they probably wouldn't yeah i mean it kind of breaks the the warranty right when you modify a system in any way so that i mean i, I would say probably depending on who no i mean i would say if it's someone who's not familiar with what the back looks like and doesn't pay too much attention yeah you may be fine Otherwise, you may run into an issue. But overall, I think it's a great deal because, you know, as you mentioned first on the on I think it was last week's episode mm-hmm. or even the week before. And then also there's been videos out now comparing the original switch model to the new one. And like you said, it was not just the battery life that changed. It was actually the processor, the the light output, the screen. I mean, little bits of changes, even the joy cons had slightly sturdier different hardware inside to the point where listen 75 bucks why not i mean i think that's a good deal to be able to to upgrade right you don't have to spend 300 if if it was something you were thinking about the only thing and maybe you can answer this is can you transfer your saved data after you trade it in so like can you store it somewhere and then upload it or would you have to do everything right there in the store um, I don't know because obviously you have the cloud backup right. for Switch Online users, so I know you can easily transfer stuff, but I don't. I think you have to do it after when you have both systems on. So if that's the case. I'm just wondering how that works, and you know, are they willing to be like, okay, stand to the side, do what you got to do, and then give us back, you know, the original one? They should, because there's no way in hell I'm losing all my progress. Right. 
Like, but I mean, that would be my only worry too. Is that, um, of course, I had some like some of the little plastic that goes over the vent. Those have chipped off over years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I kind of like my old gangly switch, but. <laughs> if I had two of the regular editions, I would have probably traded in now to get the upgraded one because I do want, I mean, obviously I want the box because it's different and I would like the updated version. Although, to be honest, I'm getting the Dragon Quest one and the Disney Tomb Tomb and that both are the newer version ones. But in terms of a U.S. release, I would have liked to get this one. Um, but I, I only have one. Dragon uh, Quest one. Yeah, I mean, I only have the one of the regular editions and then i have like the diablo one i have the what the pokemon one the smash brothers one although i don't think the smash had a different backing i have to check but either way i don't think i can take part in this but i think it's a great promotion for people who are tempted to upgrade 75 bucks to me is just like that's really not a lot to get you know a brand new switch Man, so i just i'm just lowly over here with my one switch at the house yeah i'm sorry <laughs> but no i I think that's a good promotion that that they're doing right now yeah so the other piece that i have that's extremely newsworthy um yes jp and i are going to do the first (gasps) ever switch mania playcast panel at retro world expo so we are it's out in hartford (laughs) connecticut at the end of september which is yes. right when the Switch Collector will be live. Um, we are timing. We were on hmm. a panel together at Midwest Gaming Classic, but that was still for my previous podcast, VGBS, which was still alive at the time. Right now we're at a pause, <laughs> a huge pause. For the um, <laughs> like we don't ever record like our VGBS stuff. But Hi, no. Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle got into a... Um, a complete like not writer the crater slump it's mm-hmm. but i mean the thing is is that it's super fun but that was our panel in midwest gaming classic where we talked switch for the first time um this will be the first ever switch mania playcast and we're definitely going to be doing the giveaway um i am at least making a custom item for it like it may be something that i make a few of for the the actual kickstarter but this will be one of the first times to get it. Um, JP knows he hasn't seen a picture of it because I'm a jerk, but he knows that I finished the Switch Collector case mm-hmm. promo, the promo case that is done both outside and inside of the slipcase. It, uh. it looks awesome. Uh, the second, I have secondary artwork, so you can reverse it if you want. <laughs> so then, when when do I get to see this? <laughs> sometime, JP. Sometime. Oh, thanks. I need thanks. To, I need to figure out how to print them, and then I will see pictures. Because the thing is, I got I got all the HD um, graphics done yesterday while I was just messing around. Um, so, and then what I want to do is figure out how to print them. Um, I know it's forty glossy paper stock or whatever, but I might just go to a Kinkos or a UPS store or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's definitely going to be there. But I'm thinking of making a custom item. I don't know what. Um, hmm. We had um, some feedback on the Switch treasure box, mm-hmm. um, the game box. Um, one, one, uh, we had one. I read it, and like when I read it, it was like hipster voice because they were like, "Oh, well, it's got this clump there and this clump there," and I was like, "I painted this for myself, people." 
Like, it wasn't for the Switch Collector. Like, this is literally for me to put my games in, and then we're like, this will be really cool for backers. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to do another one um, in red, because I want to show off both colors. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably do that, and maybe that's a good item to bring. I think that would be a great item to bring. For a giveaway. Um, Because I'm going to use also the logos from the Switch Collector. The ones that are... are, um, or Erica Emily made. <laughs> <laughs> Erica. Emily. Hi, Erica. Emily. Emily. That's <laughs> forever oh going to be our inside joke. <laughs> like, even she doesn't get. <laughs> she probably does now as she listens to the cast. But <laughs> Yes. Yeah, Erica's like. I want to use her art, though, on as much as possible because I love the logo she did. Um, oh, yeah. She is amazing. Yeah, so that's part of it in solution to our Retro World Expo panel. Um, I know you were talking about some craziness with that, though. I don't know with if you the want panel? To, I don't know if you want to reveal the giveaway. You mean, you mean, <laughs> I mean a possible giveaway for our panel? Yeah, sure. I, like, as you know, I kind of like these giveaways, and I'm always happy to run them because dangerous. My, <laughs> my goal is to switch in every hand, and why change it up with our first ever live Switch Mania Playcast panel, why not give away a Nintendo Switch system? And this could be for people attending. This could be for people listening, watching. So so let me say right there, we are going to try our damnedest to live stream it. So that way everybody, all the listeners and everybody that JP tweets it out to has (laughs) the opportunity to listen because we're going to do a drawing like either probably after the panel live yes. back at my table because the the t- the panels the last time i did one there i did one it was with mike levy who's uh, mike tendo rewind mike two mics and game straighty one and afterward like we were running out of time and then we had to mm-hmm. i think it was the game chasers run after us or something so we had to like move out <laughs> and so we moved out but like we'll do it back at the table so those that come to the panel will go with us and those that are we'll still have the live stream going (laughs) and we'll do the drawing we'll have to figure out quickly how to count all the numbers and then we'll give everybody a random number do a random generator and give it and if it's somebody there live they'll get it live Mm -hmm. at the convention if it ends up being somebody listening online they'll get it mailed to them yes exactly and who knows? And if maybe we don't we'll have throw it in on a us, game or two. It. Yeah, I mean, they might have it get it mailed to them either way because I don't know if JP is going to bring a Switch console with them. It might just be a, a mail deal. So, so the way that I I run the contest normally with well, actually always with uh, Destiny FOMO. Hi, Destiny. Uh, we actually don't have the systems in hand. We order them right from Amazon or Best Buy because we give the winner the choice of the neon or the gray one. So that's why we don't buy them, you know, pre pre contest. So. Most likely what we'll do is whoever the winner is, we'll give them the choice. And thankfully, now that the new and improved switches are out, you'll be getting one of those and you can choose the Joy-Con color. So, yay. But if we do get uh, September 20th, yes. You know what? Why not? If you want to go for the Switch Lite, we will give you that option as well. And as long as your color is in stock, you know, we'll order it. Uh, So I think that's that's a very good choice because you never know which kind of model they want. I but I will think, say this. I, I, hold on. I, I do think that mentioning Destiny FOMO, you should, I, I think she's pretty far away, but you should put out an invite if she wants to come out to Retro World Expo. We would. Good, good news. Absolutely. As of right now, there are plans for Destiny to come. Because I would absolutely uh, put out the invite, and she can join us on our panel. 
I think that would be awesome. I'm actually going to see Destiny this weekend, so I will be uh, reinforcing and politely suggesting that she definitely comes. <laughs> and it was funny that JP was talking with me. He's like, yeah, I think the wife and I are going to come out for a day. I'm like, you're going to be coming as a guest, JP. You have to you have to come hang out and talk with the fans. <laughs> he's like, so next- oh. He's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> it's it like so hilarious. The, the next thing I said was, hey, hey, wifey, I think I'm going by myself. <laughs> you got to watch the kids. Okay, no, I'm cause... kidding. We're we're going to try to have her come as well. Mrs. JP Switchmania has to come. So, yeah, this is going to be exciting. I can't, I went to Retro World Expo two years ago, I want to say. I don't think I went to it last year. I went to it two years ago. I absolutely loved it. I thought the venue was great. I thought it was just well organized. I only came... I actually came to support Video Games Monthly, so I was with them at their table, and I walked around and, you know, buying lots of retro games, but this is my first time coming on a, this will be my second panel ever, again, with you, and I'm so happy now that it's the Switch Mania Playcast panel, and I love, I love, love, love that it's right during the Kickstarter campaign. I think that's so exciting. It's super fun to do that, and, like, literally, it will be like, if you've... Like it might be part of the contest if you're supporting the Switch Collector or something too, which would be a classic. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the thing is, of course, I need people to to share room with. So, <laughs> oh yes, because <laughs> that's an expensive that room. Cost, right? It's it's literally you just like, need me. <laughs> oh, I need I need lots of people because it was an expensive room. But here's the irony: is I got it. I got the one that's in conjunction with the convention. So just like at Moa's Gaming Classic, it's within a walk. Like, oh, that's good. Right there, but um, I actually got it. I think it was eight dollars cheaper because of my main job. <laughs> so nice. like, like it was like they had their convention one that was one thirty five, and mine was like mm-hmm. one twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So, but I had to get an extra night because of flights and things. Yeah, so I am definitely going to try and see if my parents will watch our kids for the first time overnight. Cool. We've never had that done before with both of the kids. Our three-and-a-half-year-old, it's, it's a lot easier because, you know, he can go to bed, no problem. Our youngest one kind of still sleeps with us, sleeps in the crib, so we've never gone away overnight. But we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to try because I really want Shannon to come. And, you know, I'm obviously going to be coming out for the weekend. I just think it would be fun overall with her there, with the campaign, with Destiny, with you. I think it's just going to be a complete blast. And for me, it's going to be so different even from April when I was on the panel because – you know, I've never done a, a play cast before. I was never on a panel before. And, you know, right now we're at 15 episodes. By the time that that live uh, play cast goes, it's going to be what? Like in our, in our close like, to close to our 20th episode. Close yeah. 20. So, Maybe I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. I hope you can tell that I'm super excited. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to talk more about the Switch with, and I can't wait to talk with people live in person, right? I mean, it's fun do doing to, this. I do have to warn you. That yes. in the future, with future iterations of of panels, like my daughter's gonna have to start coming with me because she's she's been like making art and doing cool stuff, and she's so disappointed that she couldn't go with Aww. me to game on. So I was like, man, I have to work that in. So, yeah. well, you know what? If we do this long enough, all of our kids will be on the panel with and us. And that's what that's what I'm saying is like they won't be on the panel, but they'll at least be at the conventions like i mean in the past i brought my daughter with like midwest gaming classic like four years ago when she was like three and she goes swimming and mm-hmm. stuff which was awesome um so i mean it's always a family event and mm-hmm. i mean it's i mean the wives could go and hang out my wife plays games too but they can go hang out with 
and do other well, things other than nerd conventions that I love. <laughs> like, listen, I have no idea like what triggered Chana to finally like join Twitter, become active. But I love the fact that she's now doing these tweet size reviews. If you've seen them, yeah, and it's it's, super it's, cool. it's it's gone, it's gotten her to play the Switch on a regular basis, gotten her to try games and literally open up games that I've had sealed that finally someone in this house is enjoying. And I love the fact that like you know the Switch has been out since. March 3rd, 2017, we're now in August 2019, and she's finally, finally, like, getting to experience, like, all the joy that I've been having with the Switch, with the Switch core community, with Nintendo Switch, like, just people online in general, and she's having fun with it, and she's doing her own thing, which I think is great, and I think now's the perfect time for her to join in in the conventions, and it's just like, you know, you're part of it now. It's super cool that she's supporting now by her own way yeah. of playing it. My wife hasn't gotten into the Switch at all. She's complete PS4. Um, but <laughs> she did play Toe Jam and Earl with me and loved it. So all right. that counts? Yeah. So I mean, but she's not playing on her own or anything. But it's probably because my daughter's playing it nonstop. So but yeah, it's nice. um super, super cool. I'm looking forward to the panel and the thing is is that like I as as an author, I get invited everywhere, which is really awesome and humbling and cool. And now we'll be able to use that as well because like podcasters and that stuff get invited too. So it's, we're gonna be hitting like all of the sides, and yeah. it's gonna be super cool. And the convention scene's just growing. Um, oh yeah, and I told I told Shannon I said like my goal for 2020 is to do a lot more events like conventions like PAX East. I'm really trying to make it. Uh, mission to go to it e3 next year i want to go whether it's press or just you know as a participant like i want to be part of those scenes all these type of conventions that you've been going to that we're going to be doing hopefully a lot of more future panels i want to be going to like i want to i want to you know represent jp switch mania more than just on on social media like i want to i want people to see my face and talk to me and i love going to to um, the Midwest Gaming Convention. I'm excited for Retro World, and I'm just super excited for all the future ones that are, are coming in in you know the coming year. I will have to say that I haven't went to any of the PAXs or um, E3 or anything because like getting a table at those places because they're industry, it's like thousands mm-hmm. of dollars, so it's not even feasible for me as a um, small time publisher. But like just going as an attendee would be cool. But I'm already going yeah. to all the retro ones. So right. unless I'm living out there and I can drive, like it's gonna be a a no go because like Pax West is happening soon. Oh yeah, and it's no, like I Seattle, know Seattle, and it's like and I, I got, hear I got buddies up there, so I mean it'd be cool. But I think the thing that gets to me the most is like now doing the reviews and building relationships and just friendships with the different publishers and developers. All the emails are going out now. All the messages like, hey, am I going to see you at PAX? Are we going to get a chance to hang out? Do you want to speak, you know, with us about the upcoming games and I'm just like, I'm like biting my tongue and I'm just like, oh my God, like I wish I were biting my lip. I guess that's the right way. I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't go to it. And it's just like, what a great opportunity to finally meet all these people face to face that I've been emailing, talking with. And PAX East, I'm hoping is going to be that first opportunity that I'll, I'll finally get to do that as, you know, as JP Switch Mania, because, you know, the past year has all been online through email, through chat. And I'm really hoping PAX East is going to kind of be that first one where it's like, hey, this is JP. Like, I can't believe I'm finally meeting you. We've been talking forever. And that, that to me is just really exciting to kind of be part of the industry in that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can get some Switch Mania Playcast press panels yes. or something. Like, never know. That would be awesome. Um, 
I mean, because I got a business too, so it's like yes, absolutely. Our businesses and the playcast. Maybe they'll let us do a panel. Some of them have panels. Um, you never yeah. know because no, I'll, you never all know. I've do, all I'll do is ask the people. Like, hey, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a that's pretty good for news. Was there anything else that's super newsworthy? I think that covers a lot of it. You covered that. You covered the seventy-five dollar trade-in with my item, and that was just to say that yeah. there was a soft release of the new Nintendo Switches coming into stores. But this week is the first week that I've actually seen them available to buy online. So I saw them at Best mm-hmm. Buy online, Amazon online. So for anyone that's been looking for them and haven't been able to go to a store, they should now be fairly easy to order online. So that, that was my news thing, and then my other items were going to be in our next section. Yeah. So um. Got over in the updates, because um, for the updates, I want to talk about a bit about Game On, because Game On was crazy. Like, it literally was. It was insane. It looked great. Oh, yeah. Like, so, it started off, we did, um, right off the bat, I flew in on Thursday. I flew in a mm-hmm. day early. Um, day zero, ended up going <laughs> with my buddy Scott the Scammer over on, on uh, he's actually been on Game 31's channel a few times. Uh, he's an Xbox collector, but he, he, come, he came and picked me up, which was super cool of him. Um, and right when we go in, in the um, lobby of the Haunted Hotel, where apparently <laughs> somebody jumped off the seventh floor in 1920 and killed themselves. Um, <laughs> crazy Haunted Hotel. I meet um, Rewind by Designs in there. Um, Rewind by Designs, the guy who did the awesome DuckTales arcade cabinet, the Legend of Zelda arcade cabinet, the ones that look professionally done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, happened to be in there. And I remembered him from, you know, um, Portland Retro Gaming Expo and from last year, Game On. And we just chatted a little bit. Um, really cool dude. And he joined us. We went next door to an Irish pub. <laughs> and we were sitting there having. I was having like $6 drinks or whatever because I don't normally drink, but I did that. Um, and we're having drinks, and I just shoot a, a couple messages to buddies and um, to Nerdy Nick and, and Riggs. And Riggs is like, oh, yeah, we're right down the road. So mm-hmm. Riggs showed up awesome. with Nerdy Nick and Jay and 8-Bit Eric. <laughs> like Jay from the Game Changers, 8-Bit Eric. Uh, Pete. Oh, my God. Um, N64 gamer Pete. Um, we're just over there. I miss all, all the fun. All, you know. <laughs> Just hanging out on Thursday the day before, having drinks. Um, hilarious. Hilarity ensued, of course. Um, <laughs> I asked Ape and Eric if he saw your your tags, and he said he does, and he ignores tags. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to tell JP to stop tagging you. <laughs> I only, wait, I only tagged them once. Now it's to see if you want to play Friday the 13th. Yeah, it was something like, he's like, oh, yeah, I saw Aww. that. He's like, yeah, I don't like tags. <laughs> oh okay like no tag. more tags yeah you like tagged him in rgt or something but yeah so he seen him he just doesn't <laughs> respond to that i just asked him because he's mm. and it, like he's like a guy i never really got to hang out with at all he's he's completely like he is on his videos he's sarcastic and funny <laughs> like completely <laughs> um so that was thursday though um friday then um didn't have any kind of hangover or anything which was good, <laughs> but Friday went to, went and set up early at the convention, and seeing all my all the people I know, and as JP knows from Midwest Gaming Classic, like I seemingly know everybody, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many conventions that like everybody's there, even people that like just sell games that there, like they're all really cool, and I like like we all hang out and stuff. Um, did the the panel with uh, Nerdy Nick? Uh, Nerdy Nick was dressed like Mike Hagar. From Final Fight. 
mm-hmm. and he's a big buff dude, like lifter. So he looks like Mike Hagar from Final Fight with the mustache, everything. And at the beginning of the panel, which I recorded and haven't uploaded yet, he did a speech that Mike Hagar from Final Fight did at the beginning <laughs> and pertained it to like collecting for the Switch. Um, and we talked about um, collecting on the Switch and basically modern retro. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an interactive panel where people were co- constantly... Um, asking questions and participating. Those are my favorite type of panels. Uh, mm-hmm. We had about 20 or 30 people there. We were the very first one right when they opened the door on Friday. On a Friday at like 1.30. They opened the door at 1 o'clock. And we had a lot of participation. It was super cool. A lot of listeners there too that were um, listening to the Switch Mania Playcast, which super cool. And thanks to everybody for listening and attending. Um, so that panel was awesome. Um and the first day with books, like, cause, so I shipped out a bunch of books to a Scott Scammer. Um, I'm going to call him Scott Scammer the whole time, by the way. Um, but I shipped out books to him. And so throughout the weekend, I sold everything I shipped to him, which was Yay. ridiculous. It was awesome. Um, buddy Steve DeLuca, who runs the Tetris World Championships and designed the Goofy Foot backward Nintendo controller, he brought mm. books from California that I had. Like I, He had them in his garage. So I had bonus books. Oh, wow. And I sold all those Super Nintendo ones, and I had some some bonus compendiums and oddities. So I have a lot of books, people. Um, but it was super <laughs> cool, um, and I was able to pay for my expenses the first night, which was which was good. Friday. That's awesome. Yeah, because last year um, I ended up wanting to, I had to fly back on Sunday, and it cost me like almost a thousand dollars in expenses just to get there and back. This year was much more affordable. Um, then Saturday was insane, like literally 10 or 9 or 10 all the way till like 7 at night. Oh, my God. The first night went till 9, by the way, and that was crazy. Um, but, yeah, I went really late, and then afterward went and uh, went to – actually, Friday night, belay that. Friday night, I uh, went – with Nerdy Nick to John Hancock's panel. Then we went with John Hancock and ate at the Tilted Kilt. So we had a big <laughs> gaming conversation. And also there was like Glitch Media and Saramaru and Chris Tang, which I'll talk about them on from Sunday night. Um, they were also there, but they, we had like two big tables. So it was like two different groups, which I hate when like a, a restaurant does that because we couldn't have like a giant big conversation. But we had some people from his panel there and then some people from Nick and I's panel there. And mm-hmm. it was super cool. We were just going around talking about like our favorite games, most hated consoles or disappointing consoles, stuff like that. It was, it was really cool. Um, so then Saturday night, uh, Saturday after the convention was over, go back to Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. went and closed down the, the table, um, went over and got some food, and then watched Super Madness play. Um, caught the tail end of Sergio Alessandro's hologram, Sergio and holograms, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then watched Super Madness, which they rock out all the time. Um, I always chat with their drummer, Nico, online. He's a really cool dude. Um, and then, so after that, we maneuvered to my buddy Ryan, who runs an, a 10-year-old podcast, by the way. Super cool podcast. Wow. Um, but we went and maneuvered and went to Cobra Arcade Bar because we knew Master Ooh. Daniel Pacino was going to be there, and he played Liu Kang. Or no, 
wrong. He played Johnny Cage. I, bet I said that mm-hmm. like all weekend. <laughs> Luke Kane. But he played <laughs> Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero on the original Mortal Kombat. He's on the side of the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was there. And also a guy named Paul Niemeyer. He is the guy who designed the dragon art. So, yeah, legendary artist. Oh, gosh. He's done Satan's Hollow. He's done art for Men in Black. He's done art for Mm -hmm. tons and tons of art. Um, Got to hang out with him, too. He also said he would be honored to do a future book cover. (laughs) So whether that be Switch Collector Volume 2 or Mm -hmm. uh, Culture Chronicles, that might be the year that Mortal Kombat was released in 92 that I have coming up. Um, (laughs) Like... It'd be super cool to get some art from a legendary artist. That's where I meet all these awesome people at conventions. And like we do, we use, you know, indie artists and we use legendary artists combination when I, when I do my book releases. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, meeting him was super fun. And we also hung out with Tim Kitzrow. Tim Kitzrow is NBA Jam Uh Boom Shakalaka and Mutant Football League. And he definitely did not have a copy of the Switch game with him because I didn't bring one. I thought he'd have one. Yeah, I'm bringing one next time so he could sign it. Yeah, because I was going to have him sign it. I'm like, dude, I'd buy it for me. He's like, oh, that's good to know. Maybe I'll bring it next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh. so that was super, super cool. Also on Saturday before that, I um, met up with Moto's Glass and he actually unveiled his Switch Collector um, pint glass that he did. It's a red pint glass with white Switch Collector logo, and it looks amazing. I sent a picture to JP. Yeah, that you actually let me see. Thank oh you. Oh, my goodness. It's so cool. I'm probably going to use that picture with Moto actually holding it because I think that's, like, hilarious. And awesome. Personal. Um, but that's going to have to be another one. The glasses themselves cost $30, so just to buy. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to put as the price for it on the, the, the actual Kickstarter because I, mm-hmm. I don't upcharge typically. Um, I may charge whatever he costs to ship. So if it costs $10 to ship, I might charge 40 So that way – because he's going to ship it to the mm-hmm. people. So that way if it's like $30 for the glass, $10 to ship, it will be 40 and you get it as soon as he makes them. Um, he also did a Hagen's Alley, Hagen's Alley Entertainment one with my new logo, which I did red nice. and white too. That one's cool too. Didn't send JP that picture. <laughs> no, you did not. But I'm yeah, always so left out. Saturday was cool. The other thing was is there was a, a guy that I reached out to JP about, um, Ever Evo Retro. And yes. so I talked with them on Saturday. Well, they came out with us to the to the bar on nice. Saturday. And so one of the guys from Canada, he had his buddy come out from France to the convention. Mm-hmm. And wow. those dudes were like, all right, we're going to buy you a drink. And they bought us five Manhattans, not like one, like five. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, these guys were crazy. They were hilarious uh-huh. dudes. And that's the thing. So, like, they put out a bunch of Switch accessories, and they like doing, like, blind box, like, mm-hmm. like Switch-related accessories. And they're doing one for the Switch Lite, which they're going to have, like, a blind box of Switch Lite accessories. Um, I know JP's done a review for sure on JP's oh, Switch Mania. Oh, not just one. We've actually, they were kind enough. I thought they were going to send us just one controller. They sent us, I think, nearly their entire lineup of Switch accessories. They sent us their um, deluxe box. They sent us their, del- yeah, go. Hmm? 
They sent us their deluxe box of GameCube controllers with the adapter. They sent us carrying cases. They sent, I mean, they sent us everything and we reviewed them all on the site. So we have product reviews aside from game reviews and it's a different section on the JP Switch Mania website. So you could check them all out. Great quality products, really reasonable prices. A lot of them can be purchased directly from their website and also even on Amazon. Um, and just a great, great like family kind of company. I mean, it's just really down to earth people, like you said. Like I got to talk to them through email and through chat, and I just think they're a great group of guys. Well, and now I've gotten quality. to have drinks with them, which like yes. they're yeah. they're you one up me. They're they're bros. I will say that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like you know what I mean? If they're one of us, yeah, they're one of us. They're one of the people. Like they're right. completely passionate about what they're doing and putting out cool stuff. JP had a great idea because like man, if they could do custom Switch collector stuff, maybe we can get some project like products like get their yeah, products absolutely. out there and have them associated so i need to reach out to them for sure like i have their mm -hmm. business card and you have their contact info so we yes. definitely gotta hit them up um so then sunday sunday was i was hung over as hell because i got we closed down cobra arcade bar uh, <laughs> and i was like hung over and then steve and chris tank come over and go do you want to do a thing so, little do a lot of people know that I was, did the commentary for the Tet Classic Tetris World Championships in 2016. The Boom Tetris for Jeff memes, the whole viral video was when I was doing color commentary with Chris Tang. Like, I was insane, saying crazy stuff. I was going through an allergic reaction at the time, so I was mm -hmm. like, saying insane I remember things. That. Um, so... Sunday, last Sunday, was the first time since 2016 that Chris Tang and I did commentary together. And oh, wow. We, and we did it for the Desert Qualifier for the Classic Tetris World Championships. Um, and Jeff, boom, Tetris for Jeff, won. <laughs> like he ended up winning it. <laughs> so we, liked, we like, took a picture afterward. It was hilarious. And, like, so Chris Tang and I did some awesome uh, commentary. Um, and CTWC is now on ESPN2. So oh, nice. there's a chance that they're going to put my classic 2016 commentary on ESPN in the future. Um, oh, my. And maybe these qualifiers, too, because it was super fun to do. Like, Chris and I have an awesome chemistry when we're doing commentary, and it's it's pretty crazy. I don't think mm -hmm. I was on my A game because I was hung over as hell. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I also, because of that, I was not at my table like the entire day. So I made like zero book sales. But as I mentioned, I was already through everything I shipped out to Scott the Scammer. So, um, like, literally, it was just all bonus stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, and I still had people coming and like, oh, my God, I was looking for you all day. It's like, where's Wittenhagen is what I was calling it. <laughs> Can't find me. Um, and then after the convention, though, so the convention closed up about 5 p.m. that day. Um, mm -hmm. I flew out on Monday because it was $400 cheaper for my flight. And I just went and had um, dinner at Tum Yum, which was a <laughs> Thai restaurant with Saru Mario and Jesse, which was the first time I got to hang out with those guys. Because, the mm -hmm. like I said, on Friday, they separated our tables, so I didn't even get to hang out with the guys, really. So... Went with them, went with a couple of the, the Collector Vision guys and Steve and his family, and we had some, some awesome Thai food. Afterward, they're like, hey, let's just go and hang out. Um, so we went back over to Saru's place and hung out, and they got snacks and picked up Joel from Glitchmania, <clears throat> which Glitchmania is a pretty big 
uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And so we streamed, live streamed, which you retweeted, JP. Um, I did. And so we were talking TurboGrafx-16, EaseBook 1 and 2, um, TurboGrafx Mini. I guess the Happy Console Gamer um, was also on our stream chatting with us because we were talking Turbo and it got him excited. Um, so it was a pretty crazy live stream, like where you had Chris Tang, Joel, myself, Saru Mario, and then Ben from Collector Vision showed up like halfway through and we were just talking nice. retro game stories and how we got into the turbo and like all that craziness. Like it was, it was super cool. We didn't even intro ourselves and we just talked about it at the end, but that's awesome. It was, it was really fun and that was an awesome way to end an amazing convention and that's why like and and like the thing is is that it was like people were saying oh i don't think there's as many games or not but there was high quality stuff there like game wise mm-hmm. and uh-huh. like people were picking up stuff like i said limited run games was there they had almost all of their switch collector's editions there like there was multiple copies of curse of the men there was like uh-huh. tons of stuff so i was gonna put out an apb but like Mm-hmm. Or too much. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I hear you. They bring it to every convention. So anybody who goes to a convention that Limited Run Games is at, they have their items, their limited items. Like I was tempted. I'm like, man, I don't have Shantae Windjammers. Um, I don't have any of those collectors' items, and they're all there, and they're all at the retail prices without shipping. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah, like, you can't beat that. I was like, man, but I also don't double or triple dip. Um, so, but either way though, like, I think the next time I'm going to a convention, like we're going to have to put out a tweet and go, Hey, what are y'all looking for? And then, yeah, absolutely. Like, That's what switch core is all about. We like yeah. to help collectors find games at not scalper prices. Yeah. Um, and so I hadn't gotten any writing done in the book. Um, <laughs> but I have been designing the case. Um, I also on Sunday met up with Steve, which is the, limited slipcase box guy he does all the wooden boxes that i've released over the years mm-hmm. i got to meet him for the first time he got to watch me do commentary which was funny and i'm like hey what's up um <laughs> he brought my complete virtual boy slipcase because i did a complete he brought one copy because he's making multiple ones but he brought one um because he was local to phoenix and so now i'm working on outlining everything on the complete virtual boy cover and in um in my own way i do it all in black um Mm -hmm. and then i'm going to stain it red so that way people can see what the red stained cover looks like and i'll take some pictures so that way i can put maybe a link on the kickstarter so you can see what a previous one looks like Mm -hmm. people will be able to choose if they want to just have the book cover if they want me to outline it and if they want it stained red like switch so there'll be multiple options um for the switch uh, which is awesome. Uh, what else did we we made we made a a bunch of we had a bunch of stuff happen. What else happened with the switch book over the last week? Hmm. You did your think, post. You did switch Saturdays, so it's yeah switch collector Saturdays. Yes, and I I do enjoy that. So we showed off the the treasure chest box. That yeah. was the the focus for this for this past Saturday, and then I'm looking forward to sharing. Yes, I don't even know what we're going to share yet. So it's going to be exciting. That we shared were from my personal one, not one that's going to be yes, yes. Like like, and the thing is, is though I'm I'm staining and glossing these by hand, so there's going to be imperfections. It's part of the 
artist in me is that I don't mind it not being factory perfect. It's not going to be. It's a handmade item made by the author. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, like I'm going to obviously take off all the, um, the hinges and stuff before I paint it. Cause I didn't do that for my own. Cause I'm like, yeah, I just think it'll look cool with the stain marks on it. It just makes it look rustic. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll take those off for that. But like, yeah, it's, definitely an awesome item a lot of people were confused um that the tier you get the book so we'll make sure when we talk about future items they'll be like hey you yeah. get it you get the book so you know the tier is is like it is because it's the item plus book plus other amenities so like the book will have all the different stretch goals mm-hmm. and yeah um i also have my buddy anthony who i met in california He's working on the Kickstarter video now as we speak. Um, oh, I'm, I'm very excited for that. Pretty expensive because he's a professional video, videographer. He's a professional video editor. He did the videos for the Game Chasers, like their intro. He did the videos for um, the Gaming Historian as well. And the um, Retroware TVs, the video game years, that TV show. So like he's done all of that. And I had ended up being at a booth next to him in California and, and talked with him. And dude's super passionate. He's awesome. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, when I do, I'll, I will, like, I will absolutely have you do a video for when I'm having a big Kickstarter come out. I would say that the Switch Collector is is one that I want to be big at least. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I want it to I, be big. I, I hope it's big. I mean, I'm, oh my God, I keep thinking about it. I mean, I, I think I've already told you this, but I told my dad today, I told Shannon, I'm like, I'm taking off on September 10th because I definitely would not be able to concentrate when this goes live. And I just know that I would just be staring at the screen all day. I'd be tweeting about it. I'd want to be talking with people who have any questions or just excited about it. You know, people who are backing it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just so excited. I mean, I use the word excited in everything, but I'm just so excited for this. And, you know, I'm a part of it, but even if I wasn't, I'm so excited for this because it's the first book of its kind and it's the first time that we're finally going to start documenting everything about, you know, nearly everything about the switch in order. And, you know, people don't realize it now and they probably won't realize it till year like four or five, but capturing it all now is going to be so crucial and it's going to be so helpful for just collectors because, you know, you know, yeah, we're in, we're in year three right now. And there's been a lot of games that have come out, but people, you know, we've seen some comments like, oh, you know, you're doing a book right now while the Switch is still going on. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, year one is the slowest year that we're probably going to have for a very long time. And this is before limited publishers started entering the scene. This is really before, like, all the imports started going, like, just exploding with releases. I mean, it's so exciting. I mean, and I I mean, I, I can clearly talk about this book for a long, long time. I'm just so excited about it. Well, and that's the thing is, like, the hype is real for me. And it's funny because I listened to John Hancock at one, at his convention saying that he wasn't going to jump on the Switch bandwagon because he's not really – it's not really that passionate about collecting for it. And I, I mentioned to him, like, later on when we were eating, I'm like, I am 100%. Like, all I really collect is the Switch and weird stuff. I collect the mm-hmm. Switch and then weird items and stuff that I could find. Like I got in a Steinax picture, framed picture at Classic Game Fest. <laughs> like I got some weird stuff. But um, but I exclusively collect the Switch basically, and it's you know my favorite thing. 
there was one awesome, awesome item that Gerard the Wizard, Wizard Ruins Gaming, um, Gerard made for me. Mm-hmm. And he made me a Turbo Express modded with an LED screen, rechargeable battery, Ooh. and region mod. What? Yeah, it's so amazing. It's like the sexiest thing ever, and it's like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like I did that because um I did a Nomad last year. Same mm-hmm. thing. Sega <laughs> like Nomad screen oh modded, and because because that way I can play my games on the go when I'm working on book reviews. Well, I plan on doing a Genesis and a TurboGrafx-16 book. I already have the Genesis book mapped out, but the Switch book is taking precedence because that's what mm-hmm. we collect for. Um, but like a Turbo book, like I told Saru, I'm like, you get me a... Um, if we if we can get a group of reviewers together for the Turbo book, like I can get that done mm-hmm. faster than the Genesis book. And I can do it side-saddle with whatever Switch books that we're working on. Mm-hmm. It's like literally like I want to write about Turbo too, and writing in smaller, concise because people got to realize with the Switch Collector, we're doing comprehensive reviews. The Zelda Breath of the Wild is now eight pages. Oh my god! Like I'm just saying, like there's there's a definitely a, a double full page art by the way, so that is a thing. So that adds to the eight pages. There's a two page art, um, and any artist, and then we got to figure out how to accentuate it. But any artist that want their art featured, like, submit it. Like, it doesn't have to be a tier. Like, we'll feature your art. Like, I would love awesome. to feature fan art in any of my, my releases. Oh, absolutely. Super cool. I love the passion behind it. And um, if we hit one of the stretch goals, and it's one that's not on the stretch goal page, like, I want to do the saddle stitching so that way, like, we can mm-hmm. literally lay it flat and then all that artwork is, like, perfect. And which, which tier is this at? Like not tier, but which uh, stressful? <laughs> the the <Yeah>. book one. <laughs> I mean, what what uh, monetary amount? Oh, um, would you have to hit? I think it's on the second. Okay. The second so it, tier. It's that's doable. Not on, it's not on the page. Um. Yeah. It's it's not on the page. It's definitely four times the the um because it's going to cost a lot to do set thread sewn binding. Um, but it's, it's not on the current picture. It's on, it's, if we get past that, I'll upload the next picture. So mm-hmm. basically I think the, it goes up to 30 on the current picture and that's the most I've ever earned from a Kickstarter. So I didn't want to put any more than that. Um, mm-hmm. if we blow past that, which JP, <laughs> it's good, I, I know I'm super optimistic and I, I mean, that's just my nature. And yeah, I mean, here's, here's I, I told my dad, about, I'm like, I told my dad, I'm like, listen, there are Kickstarters that go past their initial goal in hours, sometimes even minutes. And I'm like, I want that to be this book. Like, I, I really hope the hype is real with, with, you know, the people that have been engaging with us and showing excitement. I mean, you know, it all comes down to September 10th when it officially launches. But I mean, I'm just, I'm so hyped for this book. And I really do think it's a book that a lot of people are going to appreciate and are looking forward to. I mean, even as myself, as a collector and owning you know, all the games, a lot of the promotional pieces. I'm just excited to see them in book form. I'm excited to flip through them as the years go by and just go like, wow, I remember when this came out, when this item was announced, when this game was released. I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be so great to just capture all that. I mean, I, I honestly think anybody who is a Switch collector, I mean, this is a must, a must own book for them, whether I'm, I'm a part of this or not. 
Well, and my thing is, is that, like, our ultimate goal would be to blow past what a certain NES author <laughs> wrote. Because, like, there was a, one guy who sees everybody's a competitor, and all the rest of us authors are like, why? But he earns right. a lot just because of his, his little his following. And I'm like, man, if one of us normal authors, one of us passionate <laughs> authors could, like, compete with this dude, it would be ridiculously cool. Um, now, now the thing is, is if we blow way past this, like my funds that I earn go into the project. So if we blow past this, like promises <laughs> will be be thrown out there to where we're going to work on trying to get games out or something. Like that's literally it. Because if we're able to to earn enough money. Like mm-hmm. it's going to go as an investment to the Higgins Alley Entertainment to get to the publisher side because I already published books and I've published games, mm-hmm. but like publishing for the Switch is not cheap, and that would be one of those where it would be a nice nest egg to start some kind of releases, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I don't want to do anything limited, though. I want to just do it for preservation, kind of what mm-hmm. you know. Limited runs doing the limited thing. I just want to do cool stuff. I mean, I've had people hit me up online um, wanting to publish their games already, and I'm like, absolutely. Um, but the, I know how much it costs. So this could be this book series could also help, you know, go toward that to the company too, which would be amazing. Like, mm-hmm. who's to say? And in all reality, like, if it hits a certain threshold, we might just have that as a stretch goal. All right, y'all get to vote on a game, and we gotta reach out to the developer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's one game that I've been wanting to see physically. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm okay. There's a lot of games, but there's one that for some reason just stays in my mind, and I just I, I feel like it would be such a cool physical release. And even if you did like a collector's edition, it has a lot of potential. All was awakening. Okay. From Elden from Elden Pixels. It just has that nostalgia feel and I think it's a fun game. It's weird I don't know, that I just they haven't had a physical release because they released the soundtrack on NES cartridge. Yes. You know, I I've asked them, I said, like, oh, you know, would you do a physical? And they're like, Oh yeah, we'd like to, but you know, obviously nothing came of it. But ah oh, man, I just oh I, I I would love it. And that's the thing is like JP and I will connect with whomever like but it's the thing is that's all happenstance and depending on how everything does if everything yes. does great if everything you know if we get to the funding goal we can do a book print run which is the goal that's amazing and i will be yes. extremely happy regardless because as long as a, you know somebody enjoys what i'm doing i'll keep making books on it and the outpour has been extremely positive like the, some of the most like humbling experiences where like a son and his mom came to my table and they're like, Oh, we were looking for you again this year's my son wants to get your book. And he, he came here specifically to get your book and he got one of your books last year and he, he's going to get one. And it was like his allowance. And I was like, Aww. Oh, that's so cool. And then I had multiple like serious collector conversations on the switch and on retro games with like younger generation. Like that's they're, awesome. Like they're in high school, and there's others from college era. But like, I was like, "Holy cow!" They, but they were knowledgeable. Like it wasn't like oh, yeah. I was just pontificating on them. Like they were holding their own with 
where the collector scene's going and yep. what they I was like, holy cow. So so we're in good hands when it comes to like physical collecting not going anywhere because you got lots oh, yeah. of passionate people like regardless if if they're young or old you know what i mean oh yeah like i i see on on twitter alone you know sometimes people put their ages in in their profile or bio i see a lot of 18 year olds 20 year olds i mean i'm i'm 34 so i can't say i'm old but like you know 20 like early 20s even and they're collecting and they're showing what they're getting and they're excited for these releases and obviously i'm primarily just talking about the switch but i think that's great i mean it's not just my generation that grew up when the nes came out you know what i mean it's it's the newer generation that is also enjoying the preservation of these games and seeing their releases and getting excited and just you know all of that jazz and yeah i i think that's great i definitely think the switch has just reinvigorated collecting all over again absolutely and yeah i mean everybody seems to be on the same nintendo bandwagon um even those that that are like hardcore sony and xbox have kind of like realized like yeah the switch is serious um so let's go to the next section because i know jp wants to talk about some of the new stuff that's available yeah Um, i'm eager and it's a perfect segue there's a lot there is a lot and today was a big announcement day i'm telling you like wednesdays are becoming like nintendo announcement days and it wasn't even from nintendo today it was uh, it was from a lot of limited publishers and publishers in general so there was a lot of information if you follow me on twitter i try and post every single thing and i think i captured them all today but if you're listening and you haven't been on twitter Here's your first chance to hear about all the upcoming games coming out um, and that have been announced. And these are the big ones. So the first I wanted to start with was, we talked about it briefly, but Bubble Bobble for Friends is exclusively coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's by Inin Games. um, And what I want to stress is that there is a physical coming. A physical is coming to Europe on November 19th. It's coming to the U.S. in the first quarter of 2020, so it's going to come out a little bit later. But on top of that, they are working with Strictly Limited Games to bring out a collector's edition that will be exclusive to Strictly Limited Games. So there's no date on that one yet, but I imagine that it's going to be one of their upcoming pre-orders coming soon. So there's going to be multiple ways to buy this game, which I think is great. I think it's great to see Bubble Bobble return on the Switch in a new version. Bubble Bubble Bobble. Just for us. Um, I mean, listen, so, literally listening to my wife talk in our house, and then they release a whole game on it. Like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and you know, the screenshots, they put out a trailer today that you can find online. They have screenshots. It looks cool. It looks fun. And I'm glad that we're getting that. So that was just the first announcement. But then there's actually limited games that are going to be coming out this week for pre-order like that just got announced. Or yes, the same day we're launching because we're probably going to launch this this podcast. Like I'll stay up if if Jeffrey wants to send this to me tonight. I will stay up and post it so it's not late. But if not, hopefully you're following on Twitter. So by the time you hear this, you I already got, know I about got them. Early morning wake ups, JP. Unfortunately, no, no. This is this is Switchland now. I mean, there's no sleep we're in the Switchland. We don't sleep okay. here. We don't sleep so in let the me... Switchland in the Swaddle. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with I am eight bit. So if you remember, last year they opened up pre-orders for Gone Home, yeah. and just I think last month or two months ago it finally released. So there's a little bit of a delay, but their first release came out. They just announced yesterday 
So I'll, I'll be specific. They announced on Tuesday that two new games for the Switch are coming physically through them only. It's opening up pre-orders on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So you got to kind of calculate your time zone if you're not on the eastern side of the U.S. But the two games that they announced are Donut County and Goro Gora. Hmm. So... What's really cool is, is that each release, there's going to be 5,000 copies, which is essentially the minimum print run in the U.S. for a game. Donut County is going to have a Trashopedia sticker collection, which is Scratch and Sniff, um, with the game. And it's going to be $34.99, sold exclusively through im8bit.com. So it's their website. The second game is Goro Goa. Donut County oh. looks weird. <laughs> Yeah, it is 5,000 copies. It's going to have an innovative package design by the creator, Jason Roberts, including a Traditions of the Scattered Path booklet with brand new original artwork. Also goes live for pre-order tomorrow at the same or Thursday at the same time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. That looks completely hipster and like a painting. Looks really cool. So that is not the only game going up for pre-order tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. No, the other one. Yes. This is now from Super Rare Games. It's the Two Tribes Collection. So it's actually two individual releases. So you can buy each one individually, or you can buy it in a cool collectible packaging with some additional bonuses. So let me quickly George go over that. George is a jerk making cool releases. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is the release number 19. It's the Toki Tori Collection from Two Tribes. So this one is going to have three games on it toki tori one toki tori two plus and an emulated version of the original toki tori on the game boy advance which nice. i think is really cool so it's going to come out to be about 32 dollars us it had to convert um and that comes out tomorrow or thursday at 1 p.m the second one from two tribes is signet is super rare games 20th release and that's arrive ultimate edition so this one actually has three games on it it has arrive swap this and an emulated version of an unreleased demo of three tribes for the Game Boy Advance, which I think is really cool. I mean, that's something that you don't normally see is, you know, unreleased content. And as a, like an intense shooter. It, it's oh, so yeah. cool. Like, I think it actually released for other consoles, I believe, through um, PlayAsia. Yeah. I think they did one. I could be wrong, but I thought... Limited Run Games had also released Rive on a different console. Again, I could be wrong, but we're finally getting a physical release on the Switch. But that's not all. If you're going to be buying both of them, go for the Two Tribes Collection from Super Rare Games. And the reason for this is besides getting the Toki Tori Collection and the Rive Collection, you get an exclusive tuck-end box that'll contain both of the games, but you'll also get a two-page insert going over the entire history of two tribes. Nice. So it's going to, so it's going to be essentially the same price as buying the two games individually, but you get a cool box to hold them in, and you get that that two-page insert, which I think is just really cool. So uh, and just so games- just so everybody knows, JP's correct. Um, it was limited run games number sixty-eight for the PS4. Oh, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So that is Thursday. Yeah, but we're not. That's but we're just not Thursday. Yet. There's Friday Thursday because because people hate our wallets this week. Oh my <laughs> god! Because Friday is like a must back. And you know what? I I want to jump back a little bit. So Tuesday, 
Ah. Um, Red Art Games released WarTech Fighters, which yep. is still available on their website. There's 2,800 copies available, and it's going to come with a cardboard outer sleeve that slips over the case. So that one is live right now on Red Art Games, and it's uh, 29.99 euros, which comes out to like 30, 30 something dollars. So it's not too bad. Today, Wednesday. Signature Edition released their collector edition of Stranded Sails, Explorers of the Cursed Islands. And that comes in a collector box, an art card, a numbered certificate, two exclusive enamel pins, a quality enamel anchor key ring, an art book, a treasure map. And when you pre-order it, you get one of their Signature Edition coins. And that's $49.99 on SignatureEditionGames.com. Like week. Oh, yeah. So that was <laughs> that was just the past. We went through Thursday. Friday, I'm well, dubbing. Just saying, you've already said I am eight bit signature edition, super rare, um, red art, right? Yep. And now we're going now to limited, limited run, run games Friday, mm-hmm. which is so. All this information is going to be on my weekly release post. I'm updating it at the end of this episode, and I'm like, going to repost geez. it. So here we go. We have Turok one and two coming out for the Switch at a yeah. low price, honestly, of twenty nine ninety nine for the regular edition. Fifty-four ninety-nine for the classic collector's edition, which comes but I want to just Nintendo sixty-four box, just yeah. like ukulele, and yes. then the it... metal jumping ahead, man. man. <laughs> Holy yeah, so you get crap. I get it's, non- it's time for me to interrupt, man. You, <laughs> you know what? I don't. I, I can see why you don't like me interrupting, but <laughs> yeah. there, there's there's so many options. For buying Torok through limited run games that I just want to make sure everybody was aware. So you have the regular edition, which is open pre-order. It's going to come with foil covers. And at the time of this pre-order, Best Buy is planning to get the regular editions of Torok 1 and 2 with non-foil covers. So if you sit out, there are there is a chance that Best Buy will pick this up. I mean, it's not guaranteed yet. They haven't moved forward with their order, so it's not finalized. But you're going to get a foil cover through limited run games. And if Best Buy gets it, it'll be a non-foil. Then you have the Classic Edition. So as Jeffrey mentioned, it's coming in an N64-style box, similar to their ukulele. You get a commemorative metal N64 non-functional cartridge. You get a CD soundtrack. You get an 18 by 24-inch poster. And this is the same for both uh, Turok 1 and Turok 2. The only difference is, the obviously, the, the poster image. The box art, the so all the images are going to match their respective game. It's going to be fifty four ninety nine each. Then you have the option of buying. I'm sorry. With all that stuff, that's actually super cheap. That's a good. That's a good price. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not a bad price at all. Then you have the Turok One and Two regular bundle, which is going to come in a special uh, dual pack. Uh, that exclusive slip cover and if you've seen it on their website it looks awesome because the cover is literally the two n64 cartridges on top of each other yeah i just think it looks awesome but then you also can buy the turok one and two classic edition together it's not going to come in a special packaging it's just going to be both of the classic editions you know together in one order but what's really cool is when you buy this one you get a flat unfolded slip cover of that of that one that I just mentioned. So you'll still get that really cool slip cover that you could, you know, fold if you want to and put the two regular cases into. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a few different options. But <laughs> we are not done yet. We have Saturday. <laughs> and Saturday uh. is <laughs> so 
if you are on their on their email distribution list, you got notified today. If you follow me on Twitter, I posted about this. But First Press Games is releasing or opening up pre-orders for their second release, which is Shadowbug. So yeah. let's talk about Shadowbug really quickly. If you remember, they initially did a triple pack for the regular edition uh, right before they actually did the individual pre-orders for A Whole New World. So if you reserved the, if you did that one, you're already covered with the regular edition of Shadowbug. But if not, on Saturday, they're opening up pre-orders for the regular edition and the collector's edition. And I'm just going to go really briefly. So the regular edition is going to be 37.99 euros, which comes out to be 40 something dollars. There's going to be 3,000 copies. And what you're going to get with this is you're going to get a cover with interior art, the game itself, a 40-page in-depth manual, an exclusive slipcase that's only going to be available if you buy the regular edition. So even if you buy the collector, you won't get that slip cover. And you get a silver-colored coin that's going to be numbered. So that's the regular Jeez. edition. The collector. The collector's edition is going to be limited to 1,500 copies. It's going to be 69.99 euros, and what it's going to come with is a premium box with an item tray, a gold-colored coin that's numbered, a double-sided DIN A2 poster, a clear file with a surprise insert, and then you're going to get everything in the base game. So you're going to get the cover with the cover with interior art, the game, the 40-page in-depth manual. You also get a premium soundtrack. So it's the original game soundtrack. It's a 12.4 millimeter premium jewel case, a spine card OB style, a 12-page booklet, and a hardback art book, which is a DIN C4 size, high-quality, 72 content-rich, full-color pages, all in this collector edition. I, that's that's a lot. And the only thing you don't get really is the... Um, the silver coin and the slip cover that was with the regular edition. So if you are a true, not I don't want to say true like you're the only one, but if you're a collector that goes for everything, you're going to kind of have to buy both to get all the cool goodies. But if not, that, that collector edition, I mean, has so much in it. So it's going to be exciting. Um, they are going to be selling the soundtrack separately uh, for 19.99 euros. But if you buy the collector edition, it's the exact same soundtrack, so you don't need to double dip. And, and when their pre-order is going to open up, so they're going to go live Saturday, August 17th at 6 p.m. CEST time, which I believe we are six hours behind or over. Oh, my God. I don't actually know. Hold on. Everybody, hold on one second. CEST to EST. So it's going to be 12 p.m. Yeah, so 12 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, so we're six hours behind them. So Saturday at noon Eastern time is when it's going to go live only on their website, firstpressgames.com. And that brings us to the end of the week, which is just insane. I, I don't think I've ever seen a week this busy. Jeez, yeah. Is everyone still there? <laughs> I mean, I'm like... Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm probably only going to be able to get, like... I want to get the Turok collectors. If I don't... If I'm unable to, because I'm assuming snipers are going to be out, um, if I can't get one because I'm doing something and can't log in or whatever Friday because I do work, just like some people do, um, mm -hmm. I'll have to wait because uh, I'm not going to get the regular edition of that one. I'm going to wait mm -hmm. for the 64 because otherwise I'm going to jump to like I did with ukulele. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's also the two tribes, which is super cool. Yeah, I love I love what they're adding in the on the cards themselves. And, I, and even though like you may think, oh, two pages, right, as a little like bonus, I think that's awesome. 
I love I loved things like that. Well, and to me, like, super rare. Like, I haven't bought every one of their releases just because, like, some of the games aren't something I would play. But, like, hmm. anybody who's been part of the Facebook group knows George is super passionate who runs it, which is awesome. Like, that's the thing. Like, the, the passion behind the people is what gets me further involved with all these releases. It's the same thing about Limited Run, knowing their passion for preservation, how much they love video games, is why like yeah. I love getting Limited Run games, too. It's mm-hmm. it's that type of thing. They're not in for a quick cash grab. They're here because they love video games as much as we do. And right. it's the same thing the more developers and publishers we talk to. It's like, oh my god, like everybody loves gaming as much as we do. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's when... And it's when companies, I mean, to me, when they put out these extra things that they don't need to, I mean, they could just give us a case, they could give us the cartridge, they could call it a day. And, you know, we'd be happy, right? Because we're getting these games physically. A lot of these games are, are really what we want to see preserved. But when, when you throw in these N64-style boxes, the commemorative cartridges, the music CDs, the inserts about the history of the company, the slip covers, I mean, these little things, I mean, like you said, it really shows the that they have passion for what they're doing the respect that they have for the developers of the games to you know really bring their game to in the best light and with with the best bang for your buck and i mean you know i'm i'm a big supporter of the limited publishers clearly i mean i'm i'm a big collector just to begin with but i really do love these collector editions i love when there's all of these goodies inside because it you know it adds more value to your purchase and it just makes it more meaningful when you get these these items exactly and yes I mean, it's just super great, the era that we live in, that there's so many releases. But on the other side, my wallet <laughs> yeah. my wallet is not going to be able to. I'm a, I'm a gamer on a budget. My wallet won't be able to support this week. Um, no, this I'm is a be, trying, trying I'm week. Picky. I'm going to be picky, um, as I assume a lot of our listeners will be. Um, so let's wrap things up since, you know, we're definitely under an hour right now. Um, Always. <laughs> Um, so let's see. We talked about our Retro World Expo panel. Um, mm-hmm. there should be announcements soon. Um, I'm definitely going to have to let Lance, who runs it, Lance from Retro World TV, Ido, who runs the mm-hmm. convention, let him know that, hey, um, you might want to announce that we're going to be giving away a Switch at your convention, because that might be kind of a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Maybe they like, want to announce it. I don't know. Maybe they want to announce Cause, it. Because I'm telling you, I mean, it's great to give out a Switch, but you kind of have to give a game or two with it. I mean, otherwise, you're only playing demos. Yeah, and I don't want yeah. someone to go home, possibly, and not be able to really experience some fun games. And I've got some really cool ones, like, I don't know, maybe we'll give away a Death Road to Canada as one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I purposely was interrupting JP so he didn't keep unveiling things earlier. You <laughs> <laughs> definitely did it. <laughs> you know what? I I love the Switch, and I love getting people excited about the Switch. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, there's actually another thing that I'm going to be doing. Um, a co- Like, the literally the Saturday before we launched the switch collector i was invited to a grand opening Mm. of a game store in san antonio um my buddy eli runs it and it's a game la and i think he's he said he has like almost all sealed games oh my god so like nintendo super nintendo game boy he mentioned game boy um you're thinking of me aren't you yeah he also (laughs) uh, he also runs pico interactive so like, Wait seriously? 
the dude is super knowledgeable. Oh. He's the guy that goes around and collects all the IPs. So a lot of retro uh-huh. game and 4D Winks. Yeah, and he released 40 Winks. He's going to have all the releases there. Uh. Um, but he also has rubbed a lot of the retro gaming community wrong because like, he literally owns the IPs of games. So he's told people, please don't make repros of it. Mm-hmm. And people have taken that like bad. And I'm like, no, the guy is all about preservation and bringing back old, dead, unreleased games. And he's getting them remade and fixed. So if, there's oh, yeah. a, if something isn't finished, he gets it finished with programmers. Like, wow. He owned, He may have the Guinness World Record for the amount of IPs owned for retro games. For oh, my God. Like, he has lots. And so I think this is going to be the, the only public grand opening. And from there on, he said he's going to do something about, like, an appointment-only game store where people are going to come in by appointment if it gets super popular he may open it more but like he um i actually got to um break bread with eli in austin at classic game fest he came and hung out and we actually like hung out like a lot it was really cool to catch up with him the first time i was able to meet him in person um i also asked him about the coleco chameleon debacle because he was part of that and it was crazy how much the wool was pulled over everybody's eyes because he had no clue. Like he was just providing them with stuff and just to show off. And like the guys wouldn't tell him anything. He was like, I don't know why they're not telling me anything. <laughs> like <laughs> it was crazy. So like Eli's a really cool dude. He, again, another bro. Like he literally is passionate mm-hmm. about stuff. And um, it's gonna be super cool to check out Game LA at their grand opening. So it's gonna be, you know, a couple days before we launch. I'm probably going to have a promo case with me switch switch collector promo case um somebody who comes out and visits in san antonio to the launch it has to be an in-person thing for that one for sure um and uh jp i want you to talk about i know you got some giveaways going on yes thank you i I have them open yeah so i have that's that's always what we finish with finish (laughs) i'm telling you i I keep thinking i always run i always have like the biggest giveaway i've done yet and then i just i top myself Like, jeez. I said, no, man. Like, jeez, it's so much. So let's talk about the two that I'm running. So the first one I started last Friday. It's going to go till this Friday. So when you listen to this, it's still going to be live, and it's actually pinned to my Twitter page. It's the Limited Run Games Giveaway. It's our biggest one yet. I partnered with Destiny FOMO. I partnered with Limited Run Games. And what we're doing is there's going to be two prizes. Two winners, the Gold Collection and the Silver Collection. The Gold Collection is a brand new Nintendo Switch, and it's actually going to now be the new and improved one since they're more readily available and I can order them. You're going to get an exclusive limited run Switch case that they sell on their site. We're giving away a collector's edition of Thimbleweed Park, their first release, Mercenary King slash Flinthook, their second and third release collector edition. We're giving away Iconoclast Classic Edition, which is in that awesome Super Nintendo box. You're going to get a silver Iconoclast card. You're going to get a gold limited run game sticker. And that's the first prize. And I think that's pretty cool. The silver collection, you're going to get a regular copy of their Golf Story and Shantae Pirate's Curse, I believe. Shantae. Yeah. Shantae. Shanty. No, Shantay. And you get a a silver card of their 
of their shantae. But <laughs> that's not with Mario. <laughs> but that's not all because I thought, you know what, we still need to kind of go bigger and better. So I actually added an additional game. So I'm going to read you what that one is. Oh, so give me one second. Do do do. So for do 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 do. I am but I have announced that we're going to be adding the Slime Sand Collector's Edition as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I saw that and, post. That's and I feel really bad because I actually don't remember if I said it's for the first place or the second place anymore. I have to double check. I mean, these contests are just getting so big that like, I, I have to look at my own thread just to remember what, I've, what I'm offering. And that's mainly because, unfortunately, you can't, um, you can't edit a tweet. So I obviously have to just post, you know, once and then retweet it. But now I'm trying to look and I'm trying to see. Oh, here we go. The second place prize could use a little something more. So second place is now going to get a Slime Sand Collector's Edition. So boom, three games, one collector edition for the second place winner. But I even I even put out a challenge to everybody. I said that if we could get to 3,000 likes and or retweets, I'm going to add an extra game to the first and second place winner on top of the Slime Sand. So there is still time to enter. There's still time to support this giveaway. Right now, just to let everyone know, we're at 2,700 likes, 2,600 retweets. So we're literally almost there. And I will throw in an extra collector edition to the first place winner, maybe a collector's edition to the second place winner. And this contest has just been bananas it's been awesome uh but that's actually not the only giveaway that i'm doing because why only do one a week the other one i launched today it's a flash giveaway so i put it up really quick it's only going to be for two days so it's going to end on on friday but i partner with dispatch games and we're giving out two codes each of their Siberia delta and penguin wars eShop code so they're digital copies of the games there's going to be two winners and they're each winner is going to get both copies of those games and that super one cool. is, super yeah, cool. it's, it's awesome. I mean, the giveaways are great. I think, you know, a lot of people haven't played these games or maybe they've heard about them and they just really want to try them out. And this is their chance to get them. But I'm going to tell you now right here. So this is exclusive to the Switch Mania Playcast. Uh -oh. The next giveaway for, the, for you know, JP Switch Mania channel is going to go live on Friday. So it's going to kind of, you know, cross over with the other two giveaways. Um and I'm calling it the Ultimate Starter Pack Giveaway. And you know what? I'm going to reveal what the first prize is going to be. I'm not going to tell you what the second and third prize are going to be. You're going to have to wait. But this is what the first place is going to get. So I hope everybody's ready. You're going to get a brand new Nintendo Switch. You're going to get the first printings of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Explorers Edition that came with the map and the like the guidebook. Dang. You're going to get the Splatoon starter pack that came with, I think it was a guidebook and stickers. You're going to get the Super Mario Travelers pack Mario. that came with the guide. Yep, sorry, I'm just so excited. Can't, can't fix my uh, pronunciation. You're going <laughs> to get the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu bundle with the Pokeball. And that's going to be the first place winner and there may still be something else included but it's the ultimate starter pack or starter collection giveaway <laughs> so i'm very excited that's ridiculous it's awesome now 
Yeah, and I do actually want to just say at this point, thank you to everyone that's been supporting JP Switchmania. We're almost at a year since we officially launched the website, since we really, since I really started the JP Switchmania brand. We passed 10,000 followers. You passed 10,000 followers, man, which was a on goal. On Friday. That was I a was goal. In, yeah, it's been a goal for a long time. I was it, We were at a friend's house when we launched the Limited Run Games giveaway. And I'm, I'm looking at Shannon. I'm looking at my friend. We're watching you know, the, the page, and we just see the numbers start going. And I'm like, I think I'm going to hit 10,000 today. And we hit it, and we're all in the kitchen just like I'm just screaming. It's like, it's like literally those videos where the person gets into college, and you record the video of them reading the acceptance letter. That's how I felt. I was just like jumping for joy. It's been, it's been a goal of mine since I started this. But today, I hit another milestone. We just passed 11.1 thousand followers today. Jeez, building up. It's, it's insane. And I just want to say, I officially sent in my request to become a Nintendo brand ambassador today. I, I've been speaking with them for a while. You know, they've had some guidelines. I don't know if I'm eligible, but I, I thought it was time, and I sent in my request, and I really hope this has been a very big goal. Jeffrey knows this, and a lot of people know this. It's been a personal goal of mine, and I really hope to share good news in the future. But if not, I feel good that I, I hit this, this milestone that I've been working towards that I could not have done without my amazing review team, without Erica, without Chad, John, oh my God, Alan, Frank, Bradford, Stephen, you, I mean, Jeffrey, thank you so much for including me on on this playcast. To everyone that's been supporting and following and talking with me on social media, it's been just like the most amazing time I've had this past year. All the reviewer or all the developers, publishers who believed in my site when I first started, that sent us the codes that allowed us to play their games and promote them and review them honestly. I mean, just honestly to like everybody, the publishers, like even that aren't sending out review codes, just talking with me and just let me be part of the community and let me help promote your games and you know your upcoming releases i mean it's just been like honestly like the happiest time so just want to say thank you to everybody if you can't tell jp is passionate about just a, just a little bit <laughs> i mean that's the thing though is it like that goes a long way people can tell when you're genuinely like interested in part of something like we're like in it to win it like we're in it like it like the thing is like with anything that we're doing like we're we're doing it because we love the switch like if we're ever going to release games it's because we want more games on the switch like that's it like there's no there's no end goal in sight there's no motive it's we want more games um there is a, a thing like um we're probably going to try to do as many extra cool items with the mm-hmm. Switch Collector, but I think like what we've been kind of talking about is, and this could be a little exclusive, is that we may be having a Unikeep case. Yes. And yes, we can talk. It's gonna In the be, works right now. It's going to be giveaway. Like Nobody's going to be buying that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like definitely a, the, the first backers of the um everything tier for sure um Mm -hmm. we'll know how many later but like and then we're gonna do some as giveaways and things too yeah um because like yeah it's stuff that we we get for review and things like that that's going to be going out to everybody um and one other thing that i forgot to mention about the store launch Mm -hmm. is aside from i i actually am going to be doing a live a live stream 
uh, because aside from the Switch Collector promo case, uh, which is an actual Switch cartridge, um, Switch case, not cartridge, but the I'm still working on getting the pin and everything um, mm-hmm. and manual, but um, also be giving away copies of Retro Magazine because Pico Interactive Eli owns Retro as well. That's awesome. So, like, Retro Magazine as well, um, which I think he just had a merger with another another magazine, too. So, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be super cool. But you just want to put that out there that, hey, we will be doing a live stream that Saturday. Um, so those that are listeners, like, there's at least going to be one Switch item given away. I, I said initially it may be exclusive to people that are attending, but maybe we'll make it exclusive to everybody. Mm-hmm. Why not? And... This actually is a good segue to just mention one other magazine, mm-hmm. and that's Switch Player Magazine. Absolutely. So for those who know or don't know, Switch Player Magazine is the only dedicated print and digital Nintendo Switch magazine that is out there. They're UK-based. They ship worldwide. They're amazing. They release quality content each month to your inbox or to your mailbox. I'm actually part of the team as an interviewer, yep. so I've been fortunate enough to interview amazing developers, publishers, just you know, fellow gamers in the community that have had a, a big impact. And I'm very happy to announce that as long as all goes to plan, the September issue, the issue that will go out and it will arrive during the campaign of our Switch Collector book, will feature an interview with Jeffrey Wittenhagen. Yeah. So you'll get to know all about more about Jeffrey. You'll get to know more about the Switch Collector book. And what better timing to get excited than than when the Switch Collector book is live. So that cra- Switch- the crazy promo image that'll go in the magazine. Yes. So switchplayer.net is where you can go to learn more about signing up, about getting back issues. Follow them on social media, Switch Player Mag. Great company. Uh, honestly, like a great team. I am so fortunate that I've been a part of them for a year now. Like August is when I officially joined their team. Man. And aside from doing interviews, they also allow me to do a collector corner. So it's a one-page feature each month Yeah, where I talk about a cool collector item, whether it's old or just came out, maybe obscure. So I try and capture all of that. And, yeah, Paul is just a great guy. He's the editor-in-chief. The, he founded the magazine. And I'm, I'm really excited for the September issue. <laughs> so that being said, we need to also mention the other partnership with Video Games Monthly. Yes, we because do. Because the Switch Collector is also going to be on a card going in the loot boxes for the month. Um, so It's were, crazy. Yeah, they were kind enough. Hi, Joe. To, <laughs> Hi, Joe, Grant. Joe and Grant were kind <laughs> enough to reach out, and uh, JP gave me specifications, but I essentially um, created a custom version of what's on the Kickstarter page as a, awesome. as a bio, but I also added some VGM Video Games Monthly style art on there because it'll be a good partnership with them and i've actually um i talked with them in midwest gaming classic about doing a nes manual um Mm -hmm. for for them that we could put in one of their boxes where it's like crappy lgn games i already have the book done it just costs a lot of money to make it so Mm -hmm. like i mean y'all support vgm video games monthly like that might be something to do and for those who don't know i mean switch collector has has brought back collecting but retro games is where it all started from, and that's what Video Games Monthly is. So for those who don't know, the elevator pitch is that each month you can get a box of retro games sent to your house. So it's three, four, five, or ten games sent to your house. 
on their website, when you sign up, you put in the systems you own or you want games for. You select the games you own already so you don't get duplicates. They do not send out the yearly sports titles. They don't send out the dollar bin games. It's it's honestly amazing games. I've been a member since 2015 now. So this is wow. going on, what, four years now. And it's it's been Mario, Final Fantasy, Zelda's. I mean, it's everything. Kid Icarus, Metroid. I mean, it's all the, the big-name games. It's the obscure games that maybe you remember seeing in the store when you were younger. Maybe this is the first time you're getting to experience games. And they cover nearly every single console going from the Atari to the Wii U. I mean, that's a lot of consoles. So there's a good chance that there's a console that you want to collect for or you want to get into collecting. And, you know, they, they go to so many conventions, so you can always meet them. They are a great group of people. They are they are collectors and gamers themselves, so they have a strong passion for this. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said... You see an ongoing theme with the episode, like a lot of passion. A lot of passion. I mean, you know, and that's why it's so easy to promote companies that that do these kind of things because let us say that we're not sponsored by any of these companies we literally support them and they're obviously doing a partnership with the switch collector which is awesome that's why we're talking about them like there's no sponsorship no and since 2015 i've been paying monthly for my box i mean that's that's how much i believe in them like i i have done the three tier game i've done the five tier i've done the 10 game i always i have always felt that you get your money's worth and I've always enjoyed, I mean, I love the variety of games. You know, some you can change it up each month. So maybe one month you really just want NES games or Nintendo games. And one month you want Sega games. You can do that. I mean, that's what I love about it. And it, every box is customized to you. So it's not like Loot Crate where everybody gets the same items and maybe there's a game, you know, one genre that you like and the rest you don't. Every box is tailored to that person because everyone is collecting differently. And they always throw in freebie items so you know they've thrown in yo-yos calendars they've thrown in sunglasses like cool items like that you always have the option of getting bonus free one up two up three up games in your boxes i mean it it honestly is great and i've had the pleasure of meeting them in person so it's just you know to me it's just solidified like yeah this is such a great company they definitely party but, too which is awesome <laughs> oh yeah they know, they know how to party so videogamesmonthly.com learn all about them vidgamesmonthly on twitter and yeah i mean what more can we say? They're a great company, and I'm happy to be partnering with them um, on the Switch Collector book. And also, there's other partnerships that we're talking about. So the month that the month that the the Kickstarter is live, there's going to be a lot of a lot of giveaways, I think, and a lot of talk about this, and just a lot of you know backing from the community, which I think is great. I will say that, like, aside from you know just youtuber buddies talking about previous books like this is gonna be the most hype behind one of my launches Woohoo! that was my goal which is crazy to me like it's gonna be interesting to see because the right. hardest part is is that like getting people to just know that it exists like mm-hmm. especially like the first day every everybody's on kickstarter so they see it right. but like after that like there's nobody talking about your project and it's tough Oh, there's one person talking about your project every day. <laughs> well, you and, better believe. And the key is though is that like that, like with the magazines and getting places, like that's the that billboard style recognition, which is pretty crazy. It's gonna be interesting to see where where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I I really hope like our initial goal is let's get people aware of it. Let's meet the base goal. Let's get the book printed, right? I mean, that's that's, that's what we want. We want the book in everybody's hands on their coffee tables, you know, with them. After that, let's hit the stretch goals. Let's make it even more fun. Let's offer more options. But honestly, I mean, this is a passionate project from two collectors, two gamers. 
And I could not be more thrilled that if I ever had to be a part of your book or your very first book, I'm so glad it's the Switch Collector. Yeah, exactly. I think and it's it's yeah. going to be interesting if we can get you writing about the the collector sections because I have to poke at JP. <laughs> get there, I was one. I, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good time to wrap things up because yeah, I think so we're too. We're gonna gotta keep it keep it short. Under an hour. <laughs> Under an hour. Um, so, as always, you can find me at HagensAlley.com. Of course, the Switch Collector is at Switchopedia.com. Mm-hmm. You can go to that website. Um, we figured that's going to be a lot easier for people to remember than um, going to a long link, like even yes. a tiny URL. Um, I'm on social media at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and Twitter. And then Instagram, I'm at Hagen's Alley Books because <laughs> Hagen's Alley was taken. <laughs> I think my YouTube is still the Subcon 3, which is ironic. I probably need to change that. Yes. <laughs> Time to update. <laughs> All right, so where am I? I am on Twitter, JP Switchmania, website, jpswitchmania.com, YouTube Switchmania, JP Switchmania, blah, Instagram, JP Switchmania. So type in JP Switchmania, you'll find me somewhere. And seriously, if you are a collector, if you're a gamer, if you have a question about just anything Switch related, reach out to me. My DM is open. I'm happy to talk all day long about the Switch. And I did want to say, I said this at the beginning of the episode, and I'll say it again. We are running an exclusive giveaway through the Switch Mania Playcast. So all you have to do is go give us a five-star review, take a screenshot of it, and on social media, preferably Twitter, that's where I am, just take a screenshot, tag myself, JP Switchmania, tag Hagen's Alley, let us know you did it. And what we'll do is on the next episode, we are going to announce a winner. So this is only going to be through the Switchmania playcast. So I'm really hoping you stay till the end. I hope you leave us that review, leave us some feedback, take a screenshot, post it, enter for a chance to win Citus Alpha brand new with the CD from PM Studios. And that's my final comment. Yeah, and let's um, play some God Eater 3 for next week. Yes. We will see you on the flip side. See ya.